You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at whopetspod.com. For another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And of course, our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, the big day is here for fans of the NBA all around the world. It is NBA trade deadline. And we are doing this once again. Our insanity grows with each passing year. So we thought we'd did so well last year and had so many thousands of viewers and hundreds of downloads. We thought, you know what? Let's go ahead, us wacky crew here at Lakerholics.com and do this again. It is our NBA trade deadline show. I want to first go ahead and let everyone know on the audio portion of this that this will be a relatively unedited. Oh, watch out. (laughs) want to go ahead and let everybody know that in advance so please be patient it will not be curated as well as some of the other shows simply because it's going to be too long and i want to throw this up there for the audio audience as soon as we can so we do thank you enough uh, you know so much for joining us today watching and listening and here today to start off I'm, i sent out the invite to all of our regular crew so hopefully somebody else will be able to join us along the way but if not we still have the good man indeed he will talk the entire two and a half hours if he has to. <laughs> well, he's going to try to anyways. It's a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you here. I'm going to be sharing out. I'm going to be monitoring Twitter. You got Adrian Wojnarowski on one tab. I've got Sham Sharani on the other. I've got a couple trades already to run down that the Lakers are not part of. But before we head on to anything at all, I know, obviously, the issue right at hand is the Lakers, and after the most embarrassing loss of the season last night, and the fact that they are being ridiculed all over public radio, all over podcasts this morning, and it seems to be almost in glee by almost the rest of the NBA acumen out there. I want to hear your thoughts on what the Lakers need to do 
in the next two hours to go ahead and really put a smile back on the faces of all the Laker fans out there? Well, I think there are two things that they really need to do. Um, I think the first is they need to resolve the Russell Westbrook situation. Um, <clears throat> there are a couple of options out there that have been offered by the Houston Rockets. Um, one of them, obviously, is a swap with John Wall and a first-round tra- uh, first pick. The Lakers are resistant to doing that. Um, the other option is to uh, trade uh, Russell Westbrook for John Wall and um, – uh, What's the other player? Is it Thice? Daniel Thice contract? Yeah. They'll, yes, Daniel they'll, Thice. They'll accept, they'll accept, they'll accept that and, and won't require the first-round pick. Um, obviously, that means luxury taxes for the Lakers. He makes like $8 million a year. Um, stretch five uh, could be helpful for the Lakers, you know. Um, uh, but again, then the Lakers have to make some decisions as to, as to how they want to see their future cap and and whether or not they're willing to make moves in the meantime to improve the situation for winning with the LeBron James. So I think the Russell Westbrook thing is the first thing that has to be resolved. Um, I interpreted to a certain extent the fact that they held Russ out last night so that he wouldn't get injured um, as the trade is still in the air. Um, I also think that the Lakers messages in other trades that they're not willing to trade that 2027 first round pick is pretty indicative that they're they still want to hold that in their back pocket just in case they want to pull off the Westbrook trade. Um, it's even possible that what they're able to get for other people, Kalen Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and the you know, could also affect whether or not they make the Westbrook trade. So there's a lot of crazy things going around. Um, there was an early trade speculation where the Lakers were trying to. Uh, get Alec Burks and um, from from the Knicks and Cam uh, Reddish and, and Cam Reddish, would, which I thought would be a great trade. Um, uh, that was a three way trade uh, that involved Goran Dragic and and the and the Raptors, and they've since moved on and traded him to uh, to I guess the Spurs. Um, so, but but there still is that there's still you, you look at Burks and you look at Reddish. They make exactly the same amount as none and THT. You'd have to throw a first round pick in there because Reddish cost them a first round pick. Um, but all in all, I think that that's a possible trade that's out there still for the Lakers. We just have to see what's going to happen. Um, the one thing for sure, and 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 uh, the Lakers, the Lakers as an option are backups for everybody. And so what we have to see happen, and that's why it's going to probably be near the end of the show before anything that happens with the Lakers is going to really happen because teams are going to want to make sure that all of the options that they favor over trading with the Lakers um, don't happen so that the Lakers happen to win that game of musical chairs. So it's going to be an interesting day. Um, I predict that we'll end up either being very happy because the Lakers made some deals or got rid of Russ or both of them. Um, or we'll be ranting and raving and uh, complaining about the fact that the Lakers are, have made a lot of cheap moves and, and we're willing to step up to the plate this time to clear the situation and, and to build the championship team around LeBron James in his 37th season. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very tough situation for the Lakers. Rob Belinka's, Hands are tied in a lot of ways, but he also 
deserves the blame for putting himself in that situation. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they can salvage anything. Um, unfortunately, I think that's really the key phrase that sort of describes the Lakers situation. Can they salvage the rest of this season? Um, can they avoid doing things that will hurt them going down the road further seasons? You know, can they avoid backlash against LeBron James for having wasted maybe now two straight seasons uh, of his illustrious career without having a real legitimate chance at winning a championship? So a lot of pressure on the Lakers and Rob Palenka. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. And uh, I've got my fingers crossed. Um, it's obviously going to be a long shot if we come out of this the way that I would like to see him come out. But good things have happened in the past, so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope it'll happen again for us today. I'm hoping. Uh, and I know there's going to be a lot said, hopefully, in the comments coming up. You can go ahead and share your comments today on Facebook at Lakers Fast Break. Hopefully they'll not all be Lakers stink, Lakers stink, Lakers stink, because I've shared this around the world on a whole bunch of Facebook groups out there. So if you're out there and you want people to watch this, go ahead and share it today, wherever you get your social media. Love to see if we can get the kind of support we did last year. Last year was a tremendous success. So hopefully we can go ahead and repeat that same kind of thing today. Do want to mention first off already the trades that have been executed today. I'll start off with the... Four-player, four-team trade, actually, I should say. Four-team trade that went down with the Kings, the Bucks, the Pistons, and your other favorite team, Laker, Tom. I'm kidding <laughs> when I'm saying that. The Clippers, because they seem to be much more active than the Lakers are. Fancy how that is. The Kings, But they don't have any draft picks either. I don't understand how they can make all of these deals. It's called having a wealthy, 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 super wealthy owner. And who's not afraid of going into well into the luxury tax? I think their luxury tax is going to be well over a hundred million dollars. I think is from what I'm told and what I saw earlier today that was posted. And I, if I get a chance, I'm going to go ahead and share that Bobby Marks treat, uh, tweet over the air that indicated you know where these teams stand as far as heading into the trade deadline on their whether tax is. But the Kings today got Dante Divincenzo. Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson. The Bucks get Serge Ibaka. We'll see if he has anything left. He hasn't looked really good for the Clippers since coming back from injury so far, but you never know if they can get a revived Serge Ibaka, maybe playing for the Bucks and two future second round picks and cash. The Clippers get Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale, who both have underperformed in the Bucks. So maybe a change of scenery will help them. And the Pistons get the long suffering Marvin Bagley Jr. in a trade that the Kings have finally said, you know what? We should have never picked him number two overall in that draft. <laughs> My gosh. When it comes to it, DeAndre Aiden, I, I think that was this draft with DeAndre Aiden and of course, Luka Doncic and Trey Young. And I think we know who lost out on that deal. And it looks like it's the Kings. So the Kings finally admitted defeat and they've traded Marvin Bagley Jr. away. Your thoughts on this trade for the Bucks? Because of the Brooke Lopez injury, I think it helps them if Serge Ibaka can give them anything. He hasn't been able to much yet, but you never know if he gets kind of uh, if he gets healthier, he can give them a boost as far as what they need on the Milwaukee team. Um, I like the trade for Milwaukee. Um, the one thing that the Bucks have done, which is really infuriating when you consider that the, it's what the Lakers should have also been doing, is they've always had stretch fives. 
you know, everybody, everybody who's a five on that team, Portis, uh, uh, Lopez, and and now, and now, it, it helps so much to be able to have a five who can stretch the floor and create some spacing. It's all about the modern game. They're doing that, obviously, because they have Giannis, and teams like to pack the paint against Giannis. Um, so I like that trade. Um, as far as the Kings admitting, you know, the failure of the draft, uh, they did that a long time ago when when they didn't stop, basically just stop playing uh, the guy entirely. So, you know, very talented young player. I, I was kind of hoping that the Lakers would get him, but again, he's sort of like Taylor Horton Tucker. He's being paid $12 million a year now. So it's not like it's a, it's a really easy situation. Um, I do love the fact that the Kings got DiVincenzi. I think that overall they probably got the best player out of the trade. Um, he's a guy that they had a sign and trade that fell apart at the last minute before for him. Um, uh, I think that that's, you know, the Bucks. the Bucks are giving up what, what has been a key piece to their championship. Um, and whether or not getting a little more size uh, to protect themselves against Lopez not coming back and so forth, whether that'll work out. You know, I, I, I think the Kings got a win out of this particular situation. I think so too. Again, he's a, still a young player, someone with still a lot of promise and on the Kings where they need a lot of help could play a more prominent role than what he did with Kings was actually a starter for quite a bit of his time with the Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll see if he can bring that, championship winning attitude to the Kings and see if they could, you know, help him in the future. Now that they have DeMontis Sabonis, they're obviously making a lot of changes, hopefully willing to go ahead and do what's necessary to get them finally in the playoffs this year. They still have a chance. Who knows? After 16 long years. Thank God for the play in tournament, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that that's right now. I think they have the message to go ahead and remake the team to go ahead and do just that. The surprising trade for Tyrese Halliburton, who has a lot of promise, and I think that was something a a lot of people were surprised about. They thought he was an untouchable in the trade for DeMontis Sabonis. I think Tyrese Halliburton has a good chance to become a a future all-star. It's a good chance. It's not a certainty yet, but he has played at a very good level, so we'll see what happens there. One of the trades that went down also went down today the Celtics are trading P.J. Dozier and Bol Bol and a future second rounder and cash to the Magic for a future second round pick. And for this, this is just shedding some costs because they, I think Boston, if I'm not mistaken, again, I'm going to check out the Bobby Marks tweet that he tweeted out earlier today before all this action occurred. If they cut $2 million, they're under the tax. And for People out there, if you're under the tax, your team, even if you're $1 under the tax, and this is what I was you know, listening and also reading off of what's going on today. If you're $1 under the tax, Laker Tom, you can get 50, up to $15 million as far as just because you're under the tax. For all these teams that are under the tax, that's a big buoy and that's a big incentive for teams to stay under the tax because you're getting all that revenue from all the teams that are above the tax. So that tells you right there that it's very important for those teams that are not as not like the Clippers or the Warriors that have those ownerships that really are willing to go ahead and do whatever's necessary and go well over the tax. 
if you have a team that's part of their, it's part of their street revenue stream already. Yeah. So it's, it, built, it's yeah. built into their revenue stream. So they are not going to go over the cap. Yeah. Not, but it's bo- Boston by doing this is getting under the cap and any of these teams that are getting under the cap by the end of today will get, unless they sign a whole bunch wow. of buyouts, will get in upwards of, you know, around $15 million per team. And and, and that's, that's a big, and that's, that's a substantially way. bigger amount than in the past because yeah. of how many taxes are going to be paid. Well, that's why it's so year. that's why it's right. so intriguing. That's why the incentive is there. That's why it's so enticing. It's because of the fact that you know that's fifteen million dollars to spend any which way you'd like. You can give it to the players. You can give it to the staff. You can give it to the organization. You could do it to, or you can keep it. <laughs> or you can keep it. You can put it in the coffers. Whatever is necessary. So, you know, it's very very you know not surprising move because it was either going to be something like this or something like Dennis Schroeder still may happen because Dennis Schroeder may be on the move. So funny. One of the rumors is that he may be coming back to the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> what I've seen this morning. And that's one of the funny rumors there. Your thoughts on that. I I can't see that happening. Well, we'll see if that, again, that, that happens if that's the case, but I mean, the, the irony of a guy who turned down, you know, how many millions of dollars from the Lakers to end up, you know, that we'd we'd end up being the team to pay him for the last half of this last third of the season. Uh, We could use a backup point guard, but it seems to me like that's so far down the priority. And, and, and then I, I heard that rumor in a, in an article where they were really talking about the Lakers looking for sort of salvage starters um, and I don't see how that would work because the only way the Lakers are going to get rid of Westbrook is by getting John Wall. So I don't know how you can be looking at Dennis Schroeder as a starter. Um, it's, it's nice that we keep going back to all of these players over and over again, you know, um, but I, I, I think that that's, I just don't see the logic of that. I don't see how that fits at all, you know. I hear you on that, but I mean, well, trading none for him, for example, to be the backup point guard versus a guy who doesn't play. I could see some benefit in that. It's not better than putting THT out there and expecting him to really be able to, to not turn the ball over and make plays. Um, we don't really have a second point guard on this team. We have a lot of secondary playmakers who, you know, who can generate assists and make plays, including none. Reeves, a lot of the guys can do that. I think that's a good attribute that we have as a team. But we don't have a guy who can purely go out there every day and 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 do what Dennis Schroeder did, for example. We just don't have that other than in Russell Westbrook. Sounds good uh, so far. So we'll see what happens with Dennis Schroeder if he does get traded and where to, because I think he will be on the move. I think that's still something that is of uh, need for the Boston Celtics to go ahead and do. He's played okay for the Celtics this year. So something that I think a lot of things are going to be in place for him to move. Plus it helps again, further get them under the tax line. So I want to go ahead. There's there's one more thing I'd like to bring up, Gerald, that just struck me, which is the, the Kings trade. Um, Because the Kings have got too many players now and they got to cut two, they got to cut two people. And there's a guy on the Kings who, Damon Jones, that the Lakers would love to see him get waived. Oh, they already had him once. Yeah. 
but listen, that he is he he would be by far a better backup center, if you will, as far as being a traditional guy that we can throw in there when we need another big body than than DJ is at this point in time, or frankly, that Dwight Howard is at this point in time. So I do think that that's something for Laker fans to keep their eye on. That the the Kings have got to waive two pay, two players uh, before the end of the deadline, so that so that they end up with the under under the 15 player limit. And Damian Jones may be one of those players that the Lakers might be interested in getting. You never know. We'll wait and see. Again, still shaking out early. There's still over an hour and a half to go in the trade deadline. Once again, it's Laker Tom. If you have any questions for him at Laker Tom on Twitter or Lakerholics.com. I'm Gerald Glassford. You want to have a question for me? I'm at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. I also wanted to mention another big trade that was well, actually it's around the fringes trade. The there was a three-teamer, I think uh, a two-teamer, I'm sorry, Thad Young, Thaddeus Young, who has not played a prominent role with the Spurs this year, although I think he still has something left to give. He was traded to the uh to the Raptors today along with Drew Eubanks and a 2022 Pistons second rounder. The Spurs get Goran Dragic, who has been a much speculation, hasn't played uh, all season. Uh, he didn't want to go play for the Raptors, so he finally gets his wish and gets out of Toronto. And a Toronto 2022 protected first rounder. It's protected 1-14 to 14, uh, and uh, one protected 1-13 to 13 in 2023, protected 1-114 this coming season, this coming year, turning into future seconds. So we'll see what happens, how that projects out. But yes, Goran Dragic and a Toronto 2022 protected first rounder for Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, 2022 Pistons second rounder. I think Thaddeus Young was believed to be going to a contender. So it's kind of a surprise that he goes uh, to somewhere uh, up north. He, He might play a role for that. I know Raptors still need a big guy. So we'll see what happens. Raptors have a nice young team. They have a team with a lot of athletic wings. And Fred Van Vliet, who's been playing just at an obscene level. Lights out. Yeah, lights out indeed. So this is a team that could surprise in the playoffs. Started out rough for them this year. So Thad Young could be a nice player off the bench and a key component for them. So we'll wait and see. But the Spurs, they're developing. They're still going along. Uh, you know, in their rebuilding mode. They made, they made three trades. I mean, they've never made trades midseason in the past. This is Well, they're going to have year. to do it right now with their, if they want to go ahead and change it for the better. So we'll see what happens there. I do want to mention as well the Heat. This is what I talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Heat sent forward Casey Opala to the Thunder in exchange for a 2026 second-round pick. Plus, with the trade, it opened up another roster spot, but also added flexibility under luxury tax and unlocked additional first-round picks that could be included in the first future trade, meaning there was some protection that Miami and Oklahoma City had before as far as it's concerned. And with this trade, Oklahoma City unlocked some of those protections, which could be a key for Miami to go ahead and use those first-round picks in an upcoming trade. So Pat Riley being very shrewd, very shrewd indeed. And then the Utah Jazz, I wanted to mention yesterday, they acquired Portland's Nikhil Alexander-Walker very shortly after he was traded from New Orleans. And he and the Spurs, Juancho Hernan Gomez, were in a three-way deal. They go to Utah. The Spurs get Thomas Sadoransky. Basically, they want his contract, which is $10 million expiring. 
and a second round pick. And the Blazers get Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and a second round pick. So again, Joe Ingles is out for the season with ACL injury. So basically the Blazers are getting his expiring contract. So just a lot of money moving there. The Utah is banking on the once promise of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Your thoughts on this trade before we uh, go ahead and, and talk about some other stuff that's going on? Well, I think there were a couple of things that you covered there that are interesting that, uh, for example, where's Gordon Rogers going to end up? Um, everybody says the Mavericks, but the Heat are also going to be interested in him. Um, so I think that that's, that's going to be an interesting situation. That He would really help the Mavs. They desperately needed a, you know, a, a good solid point guard. Um, the and other trade, tell you, you know, now, we've got a major trade. So whenever oh, we're ready, I got a major trade to ahead. talk about. It's the one everybody's been talking about. So here go it ahead. is, my friend. Uh, it's in pieces right now, but it is become official. James Harden is going to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks. Uh, also, Paul Millsap will be included in the deal as far as from the net side. And wow. So finally, the foot has dropped on a major trade, my friend. Uh, the Sixers are sending the Nets an unprotected 2022 first round pick and a protected 2027 first round pick. So a lot of stuff flying around there. This is the major trade we thought could happen. I know it was rumored today by Adrian Wojnarowski that James Harden wanted to make a trade or wanted a trade to Philadelphia because he's upset with the situation going on there in Brooklyn, but didn't want to outright request it because he didn't want the public backlash. Well, obviously that got word to Brooklyn to finally consummate the deal. I think it's a win for Philadelphia because they did not have to go ahead and trade some valuable talent that I think that they really didn't want to let go of. So your thoughts on this trade as you're reading it right now? Well, you know, it's, it's still kind of surprising because each team could be looking at the situation where they helped out a team that's in the same division that they're going to have to get by every year. Um, and it's kind of unusual that they ended up doing that. Um, obviously from, from Philly's side, you know, we we knew they wanted Harden. It, it's just the that that's Maury's Maury's wanted him ever since he got to Philadelphia, and uh, was going to at some point in time probably get him off season, you know, if he didn't get him via the trade. But the um, thing was I, that was the holdup that was believed to be the holdup was Tyrese Maxey, who yeah. played it very well for the Philadelphia 76ers and Matisse Thibel. One of them was believed to going to have to be included in the deal. And I think, again, the reason why I'm saying Philadelphia. Is yeah, I, I actually felt one. they should have sent one of them and kept Curry. I mean, I. Well, Curry, again, is older. So he's you know, older, I, but he's, but he is, he is still a, a Curry. Shooter, he is still a, a Curry, team. man. But he's a, he's a terrible defender. That's yeah. his thing. Curry, Steph, can, that's a difference. Steph, obviously there's other differences, but right. Steph is also a little bit better defender. He's a little stronger. You know, Seth, is one of his deals is that when it comes to a pinch, like in a playoff setting, he's had a hard time trying to stay in front of defenders. Mm -hmm. I know that he gets picked on a lot as far as in those playoff-type settings. But, yes, he is a lights-out shooter. In fact, 
you know, statistically, when you, when you play next to Maxi, and and it makes it very hard because yeah. you're the well, guard statistically, he out. is a better shooter than Steph. Yeah. People don't realize it out there. So again, Brooklyn. Well, is he'd getting, have to prove he's going to have to prove that over a long period of time. But, but Steph, I, is a, well, Steph is not only a high percentage. Seth's not only a high percentage, but also a high volume. Three. Well, they're both shooter. high volume. They're both high, yeah, they're both very high volume. I, I, again, statistically, I didn't say you know I know here Steph is the best shooter of all time. Yet you know, but you know Seth is a statistically this season and last season better shooter statistically than right. than, Seth, than Steph. So, but I will anyway, say, that, I, I, yeah, I think well, both of those won this trade. both teams needed to get that moves made. You know, um, it's. You know, will that help Brooklyn? I mean, in the short term, probably not. No, because Ben Simmons is going to take about three, four weeks to go ahead and get ready. Plus, they still got the deal going on with Kyrie Irving. I mean, Seth Curry is going to be asked. Although the city of New York may um, change the rules, that's very much likely to happen. Well, the mask, the mask is uh, that they've gone ahead and done that, but there's no yet on the the actual vaccination part of it. So. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I guess the the fact that the, the waiting at least we won't have to continue to talk about off. this anymore. You know, that's the good point about it. it. We've it's just been just because Maury is so persistent, you know, and persistent and resistant. It's been like the main topic for months now. It seems so. It's good to have that finally resolved. And and the, I'm sure both teams. I, I know that that Doc was saying that. He's just looking forward to having, to knowing what he's got, you know, to being done with it. And I think a little bit of that is the same thing that LeBron was talking about with the Lakers, you know, the trade deadline and every, all of this stuff happening that, that, and it's one of the, one of the reasons why I'm so insistent that the Lakers do have to move Russ that, so that we know where we are, let's resolve things. Let's not go into the last third of the season and have it turn into a fans booing disaster where there's friction between the coaching staff and players, where there's second guessing over the trade deadline results and, and, and where we don't do anything. We sit there and we go into summer with the same lousy set of trading assets that we had this trade deadline. So we need to, we need, we need to push, we need to get something done just the same way as the Nets and the 76ers felt they had to get something done. So they were able to do that. They were able to, you know, Maury backed off of wanting Maxi, And so it was willing to accept Curry. And, and that was enough to make the deal good. Well, we'll see what happens as far as the Lakers end is concerned. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here with Laker Tom. AKA Tom Wong, as far as okay, there's Laker Tom in his, you know, full outfit, as far as the superhero outfit. And then there's the guy, Tom Wong behind the scenes, the Clark Kent, as it were, the guy that's behind the great side, Lakerholics.com. The, the alter ego, I should say of uh, Laker Tom right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Good to have you here. Laker Tom. Again, the big trade that just dropped right now. What a whopper. It is something that I think has been long speculated and long rumored, finally gestated and finally came to fruition today as far as James Harden being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers along with uh, Paul Millsap. That's right. 
for Ben Simmons, Seth, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Again, that's an amazing trade. Uh, again, I, again, I think Philadelphia won this trade, not necessarily for getting James Harden, but for keeping Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thybul, two young players that you're going to build around Joel Embiid for the continuous future going forward. Well, I thought that they had the leverage in the situation and and – and obviously, they had two players that they offered Curry and and uh, Maury wanted one of those other two players, um, and they held their guns and I, and I think they won the trade too. Um, it's it's pretty hard considering the Kyrie situation for the Brooklyn Nets to really have won anything, you know, this particular season. Um, it's kind of ironic when you looked at it when the season started. We had two teams. And I was probably as guilty as anybody of telling the Lakers that they needed to have a third star in order to match that third star. Yes, you were. That Brooklyn got, okay? And so the Lakers went out and got their third star and those those two those two three star lineups with with a bunch of junk uh, the rest of the roster were the favorites. Um and lo and behold, you know, where we are today. Well, uh, with it, Brooklyn, what this does, if you get a healthy Ben Simmons, the thing is for Ben Simmons, he goes to a team where he's not asked to do everything and yeah. so much vital. If, you know, taking the last shot, he doesn't have to worry about taking the last shot because there are two guys there that want to take the last shot each and every time out in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant when he's healthy. Yeah. And all and, he has to do is play. He's such, a, he's such a great defender. He can go. Yeah, that's all I mean, that's why do. I've always coveted him for the Lakers. If we had him on the Lakers, we would have had three players who could guard all five positions at all three levels on the court. Uh, well, Unheard yeah, of. That's, I, I agree with you. I'm not saying disagree with you. Rebound, <laughs> just pass but there's the always ball. A hope because he's a clutch client, see? So you gotta, you got to hold on to that. Well, i got to hold on to that, but unfortunately it's not going to happen now, at least this yep. season, because he is on his way to Brooklyn. He'll finally get to go ahead and play. He'll, he won't be far off from the rabid philly crowd because they'll be right down the road from him a little bit but still he'll be playing for brooklyn at this point forward in a massive trade for james harden we'll see how that james harden dynamic works in philadelphia with joel and b some people saying it's a good fit some people saying it's not we'll see i want to see how it works again with those young players like matisse Thybul and also as well tyrese maxi do those players take a step back with James Harden there, you know, having the ball and needing the ball, or, you know, so much. Plus, Joel Embiid needs the ball a lot. So what happens there? He's right now the favorite for MVP. So it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of mix that there's going that they're going to have in Philadelphia. I think that, again, even though Philadelphia won the trade by keeping their young players, this could be a make or break trade for this season for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. The other side of it too is what happens if what happens if Philadelphia wins? They're betting the Philadelphia is winning the bet this year. They're they're betting to win this year, okay. And even to the extent that they probably have reinforced their main their main divisional com- competition going forward by making the trade, you know. Um, so it. It's going to be interesting to see how this all turns out. At some point in time, 
I don't think you know who's going to be the winner of this trade until we see what happens with Ben Simmons. That's that's the big unknown situation in that. Um, and uh, when you when you think of a big three with Simmons, Durant, and and Kyrie, that's you know uh, there's some arguments to be made that getting a player who actually is a really great defender like that is even a better matchup than, than having Harden in that group. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm just glad the trade is done so that both of those teams can move forward. And I'm just hoping that the Lakers do the same thing, make the moves that they need to do in order so the team can move forward. Even if we'll on see. paper, they're getting less than what they gave up. We'll see what happens indeed. Again, a, a blockbuster trade that's been you know done by both Brooklyn and Philadelphia. It is a trade that, again, has been in much speculation over the past few days, finally coming to fruition. It is Brooklyn trading James Harden and also as well Paul Millsap. Uh, they're going to the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers are giving back a lot, but is going to be something very interesting to see how this all plays out and, and seeing where, where this ends up. But yes, Philadelphia is sending out Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two, I believe I'm protected two first round picks. If they're yes, they're the Nets will get the Sixers 2022 first round pick unprotected with a right to defer until 2023 and a 2027 first round pick that is protected one to eight sources tell ESPN. That 2027, because it's Adrian Wojnarowski reporting on this, the 2027 pick would roll over to 2028, protected one to eight again. Then the pick turns into two seconds and $2 million in 2029. My gosh, that's like getting into the fine points there, Laker Tom. That's like, you know, almost like when you watch one of those commercials for, for a drug company and then they have to spend the entire rest of the time talking about what it may do to you if you go yeah. ahead and take it. So, kind of funny reading the fine print on that but yes it is a very interesting trade that came about and you see that kind of intricate detail when it comes to what's going on with that kind of trade if you can come up with that kind of intricate detail in this short amount of time there's there's no telling what the lakers can do well i think the the way that it's sort of it's sort of like the writers and bloggers who are all watching what's happening today. Today is like the toughest day to put a quick story out or to put a full story out because while you're writing a story, everything can change. And so a lot of people will will write stories in advance. You know, that like this trade that just went down, I'll bet you that all of the main writers, all of the big blogs, all of the big aggregating accounts have already had their stories already written and ready to go. And, and they just plug it in like that. Well, the teams do the same thing with all of those details listed out there. Uh, that's why Eric Pincus, for example, is no longer on Basketball Insiders because he's trying to get a job with an NBA team as their cap specialist. Um, and so they have these capologists, if you will, who basically are, are lawyers, are they're the league's version of lawyers who understand all of the intricacies of the collective bargaining agreement and know exactly how to structure various deals and and to put these deals together. And so they line all of these deals out and they have 
they have, you know, it's almost like draft day where they've got all of these different options and here's our number. Oh, yeah, one, that, you're two, the sick of person to mention Kevin Costner's draft day movie again. For oh, it's a perfect example of, of yes. all of these things happening. And, and, and also, also a big also part of it is too, is the hunching. The, yes. It's the feeling that you've got a relationship with somebody. So let's give so-and-so a call because we've done deals with him before. A lot of it is. I feel like we should that. have uh, the uh, NBA or NFL draft tingle. When there's a trade made, because the trade just came down between the Boston Celtics, who again are trading. They traded Josh Richardson to the San Antonio Spurs for Derek White. So this is going to be kind of a contributor trade for each. Both have played and contributed for each team. Not to the level I think that both teams were happy with. So obviously you see the trade there. Maybe a greener pastures for each. Sorry, pardon the pun for all you Boston Celtics fans out there. But again, Josh Richardson for Derek White. I think maybe you could say Derek White is the younger of the two. But again, with both, both have not performed up to, I think, the expectations that both teams are hoping were hoping for. So we'll see what happens there. But they're rotational pieces. A lot of fringes. Moves change around of the scenery fringes. trade. Yeah, change of scenery trade. Moves around the fringes trades. We're seeing a lot of cost cutting. But we did see one blockbuster trade that's out there so far. Will we see more? We still got over an hour away as we're talking. Once again, it's Gerald Glass for the Lakers Fast Break along with Laker Tom. If you want to go ahead and reach out to Tom on Twitter, just go ahead at Laker Tom. You can see all the posts he's done there, including his latest articles at Lakerholics.com. Plus some of his trades that he's proposed out there that's gotten a lot of feedback. So go ahead and check it out today at Laker Tom on Twitter, myself at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. One of the things that we talked about and one of the trades that I proposed that actually would have garnered us a plus 10 wins on the trade machine. <laughs> and this was fun when I did it was the Lakers trading Russell Westbrook and some fringe players to Oklahoma, and I talk about French players like Bazemore or DeAndre Jordan or whatever, to Orlando in exchange for, uh, I think it was Terrence Ross, I think it was for Gary Harris, I think it was for Mo Bamba, and I think it was for Cole Anthony. This would have really, I think, would help the Lakers in all those facets that they're in. It's not a cure-all, mind you, but it is something that could improve statistically and analytically it works out but it's something that like you talk about addition by subtraction and you still would have left over those valuable or i put those in quotations once valuable assets that the lakers were so prized in going ahead and sharing with everybody about tht and kendrick nunn i don't know you know it's when i look at what options the lakers have and i think about you know what moves would i make if if I were the general manager of the team, uh, um, I haven't heard anything. I think that the I think that the Rockets appear to be the only option to offload Russell Westbrook. Um, and there are a couple of options there, as we talked about. There's the option of taking on Daniel Thesis contract uh, or giving him a first round pick. So you've got two things that you could do in order to make that swap. And I and I and I do like the idea of that swap, um, but then there's also the possibility that opens up that if you're going to make that deal, then there are players on the Rockets who could be perfect fits for the, what the Lakers need. Um, Eric Gordon is one, and um, 
Christian, uh, Christian Wood is another. So there's a possibility that you could expand that trade to include those people uh, and throwing in Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn in the deal and so forth. So I think that those are things that are some of the things that I'm kind of hoping that maybe the Lakers will pull a, pull off. Um, Tim Cranjus has, has been pushing for several weeks now a trade involving Mike Muscala and Ken Rich Williams, um, who are both good three and D players. I understand all of these people who were will hold it against Muscala for the poor performance he had when we traded Zubik, Zubak for him. But that's a, that's a trade where you could trade none or THT, either one of them separately um, for those two players who both give you some size, ability to stretch the floor, um, and would be good fits. Um, so there's some there, there's a few fringe situations like that, um, but it's it's looking like it's looking like it's going to be difficult for the Lakers to make a move unless something breaks here. Um, and if they decide to stand pat, it's going to be disastrous in my opinion. Well, we'll see what happens. There's still over an hour left. Hopefully, Rob Palenka is not sitting in the cheap seats like he was the other day. Hopefully, he's actually in the office working the phones as best he can. You think we'll this see. could end in in, a, in in such a dramatic moment as a, the last year's show did, where we all thought the trade was going to go through, and and it was THT and in the middle at that last minute, and the, the time was running out. It was getting toward noon. And all of a sudden you heard at the last minute that, no, the Lakers have refused to include Taylor Horton Tucker in the yeah, trade. Well, that's why we're on to well, that's and, why we're on to Four or five trades happened right after that. And the next were reported within the first few minutes after the trade deadline ended. Yeah. So, well, I mean, they get, they have to be sent in to the NBA. They right. sometimes don't get announced. That's why we're on to 1230 today. But uh, I would do want well, to you think we're going to have a repeat of that, Gerald. I think we'll have some trades that will be mentioned after the trade deadline at the 12 p.m. I mean, that's just because the fact that information doesn't get out there as quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why we're on till 12:30. But I do want to mention that it's so funny because Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out a picture of some potential starting lineups for both the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia Sixers. <laughs> I saw that. And what is the hilarious part is Danny Green, a guy who you know, much maligned in L.A. And a guy who fell out of favor as far as the starting lineup in Philadelphia manages and winds up to get back into the starting lineup again, possibly. So it's kind of funny how things work out, even though he is a little bit you know, long in the tooth, a little bit on the older side, still managed to go ahead and find his way into the starting lineup. I think that's very you know, com- comedic, you know, funny, what, what, what have you. There's still... Very interesting to see that. There's another guy who remembered how to shoot after he left the Lakers and came back and played against Well, I would put Matisse Thybul. I would put Matisse Thybul in there instead of Danny Green. The future is now for them in in the Philadelphia. I know they're still talking about trying to unload Tobias Harris and his big contract. He's played okay, but he hasn't played to what his contract has afforded him, so... We'll see what happens there if they want to make another move. If Philadelphia's done, Brooklyn now has two extra first-round picks that they can go ahead and utilize in a trade. So if they want to still make another move or if they have something in mind, they still have an hour to go ahead and utilize that. So the chess match continues 
We'll see what happens there. But no news is breaking right now. All is quiet on the Western Front. Once again, it's Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter. It's Gerald Glasser right here. I want to thank you so much for watching and listening right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It's our trade deadline special. Truly appreciate you joining us. I mean, I'll tell you what, there's still much to talk about and still much to deal with here on today's show. So hopefully you'll continue on and listen to what we got as we get closer to the trade deadline. But this big deal with James Harden for Ben Simmons, it's all the talk out there. It's something that I think had to go down. And really, with James Harden, we saw him you know, basically work his way off of the Houston Rockets, and we saw that way he handled that. He, he, he has the professional, he has the whole professional method of doing that. Yeah, he, I mean, he could write a book on it, I guess, yeah. better than anyone because he's done it twice now. Want to so. get traded? Here's how. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's no contract in the league that's untradeable. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced if you no. really want to trade it, you're going to be able to trade it. It just is a question of when and how much do you want to get back in return. So we'll see what happens there in this new setting for James Harden. Again, I think it. we'll see what kind of fit it is. I mean, James is ball dominant. You've got Joel Embiid is ball dominant. Dominant. You've got two young players in Thibel and also as well Tyrese Maxey who need the ball as far as go ahead and help them develop because they are very close to becoming really good players. In the case of Maxey, he is already a really good player. And I think that, uh, you know, there's still some doubt at how that's all going to work out, but we'll wait and see. If you have comments out there, please let us know right here on Facebook at Lakers Fast Break. We're right here for you. If you have any questions or you have any thoughts or any comments on the Lakers, uh, you know, we're just always go ahead and happy to go ahead and support you right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We do. We are getting a lot of people coming in again. It's coming in waves, coming and going. So we truly appreciate it. It's the Lakers Fast Break. Once again, I want to mention for the for today, the trade so far, the Raptors have traded Thad Young or Raptors have got in Thad Young. Drew Eubanks and the 2022 Pistons second rounder. The Spurs have gotten Goran Dragic, finally a free from the Toronto Raptors and a Toronto 2022 protected. Captured in Canada. Yes. Well, he didn't want to play in Canada. So now he's going to go ahead and play for, uh, he's going to play for the Spurs. Or could they be trading Goran Dragic? We'll see. Or could he be a buyout? He'll buy his way out. Yeah, he'll probably buy his way out and go to a land on some kind of contender. Wait and see. The Lakers could be interesting. Well, yeah, probably the Mavs. Mavs has been the most heavily rumored place for him to go. The Kings and Bucks and Clippers and Pistons did a four-team trade earlier today. The Kings getting Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson. The Bucks getting Serge Ibaka and two future second-round picks and cash. Always love the cash part. The Clippers, Rodney Hood, and Semi Ojale. And the Pistons, the much maligned Marvin Bagley Jr. So that's an admitting, uh, admittal by the Kings that there's number two pick by our good friend Vlade Divac way back when. And probably the last mistake of his entire GM career was when he picked Marvin Bagley Jr. over Luka Doncic and also as well Trey Young. So that will forever hang over his tenure and his head on that. So that's why he's no longer GM. But you see that that's finally done as far as Marvin Bagley Jr. and the Kings. Maybe he'll get a fresh start in Detroit. We'll wait and see. The Celtics traded P.J. Dozier and Bull Bull, a future second rounder, and cash to the Magic for a future second round pick. 
This is a cost saving for Boston to get under the tax. As we talked about earlier, that could be if they get under their tax, if any team gets under the tax by the end of the season, they will go ahead and get a nice cash influx in return. So that's obviously some good news for Boston fans out there that they'll be able to save money on the tax. And also as well, the Boston Celtics traded Josh Richardson to the San Antonio Spurs for Derek White. So we'll see what happens there with both those guys and what Laker Tom and I agree on is a change of scenery for both. So it's very interesting to see. It's been somewhat active so far here at the NBA trade deadline. Want to thank everyone for joining us right now. Laker Tom, I want to go ahead and say, you know, obviously Russell Westbrook is predominant among everyone out there as far as whether or not he should stay or go. He's been such a source of conversation and uh, divisive thoughts out there for Lakers fans as far as his play is concerned. What do you do as far as with Kendrick Nunn and THT? I know you've also been very aggressive in your thoughts as far as the trading of that 2027 first round pick. Your thoughts, though, on what the Lakers should do with THT and Kendrick Nunn? You know, it's so hard to judge Kendrick Nunn because he was he was the guy that we put the most money in, other than other than Taylor Horton Tucker, um, and and he still is a good fit for exactly what you wanted on this team, which was a small guard who could uh, defend the at point of attack uh, other small point guards. Um, he's not naturally a point guard. He's more of a combo guard, but he, he can make plays for other people. Uh, he's a good three point shooter. Um, mixed opinions on defense, but I think he has some capabilities at defense. Um, but we haven't seen him, you know, on this bone bruise. that's taken four months, uh, has just been an incredible injury. Um, I, I, I sort of waver between not wanting to trade him and wanting to trade him. And the reasons, the reasons are pretty obvious that we have too many guards. We need size. And for example, he, he's makes the same amount of money as, uh, as two thunder players, Muscala and Williams do, uh, who would both would give us backup stretch four and stretch five players. Um, and, for a guy who basically is just another guard on our team um, and hasn't even played at all. Um, so THT, I think I, I, I see, I see fixing the rosters and fixing the rotations of the late starting lineup and the rotations of the Lakers as the main thing that we have to accomplish this particular trade period, because that's, what's really been killing us. We don't have a good starting lineup as we saw, even without Russ out there, we get killed every game. We're every game. We're giving the other team a lead to start off with. Um, and then the rotations, there are always some bad mixes in there. And the main reasons are that you've got two guys who can't shoot their way out of a paper bag in Russell Westbrook and Taylor Horton Tucker, who are just the total opposite of what we really need in those rotations. We need guys with size who can play. Um, so I, you know, I would probably trade Taylor Horton Tucker and try to keep none if possible. Um, I don't have an, I'm not opposed to keeping the draft pick, but I sure would not hesitate to use the draft pick to get rid of Russ. Um, my own personal preference would be to take Daniel Thice's contract. I actually think it, I'd like it to have another trading chip that you can put into a trade 
that eight million dollars. We don't even have that now. All we got is Taylor Horton Tucker's ten million and nine and a half million and and monks or not monks nuns five million. That's all we've got is trading chips that are other other than the minimum amount, as long as you don't count Russell Westbrook or any or LeBron or AD. So I think that we have to trade those guys and we have to trade Russ. And if we can do the two of them together, maybe there's a little synergy and in, in being simplification of being able to make that one deal. And it would have to be with the Rockets, you know, to accomplish anything. I still do think that even though the three-way deal with the Knicks and the Raptors sort of fell apart, that uh, Alec Burks and, um, and Cam Reddish are perfect targets for Taylor Horton Tucker, the first round pick and, uh, and uh, Kendrick Nunn. So if I was looking for something to happen for the Lakers that at this point in time would make me happy, um, that would probably be that trade or the Westbrook trade, one or the other. Wanted to go ahead and mention that I something I mentioned earlier was Bobby Marks and as far as him indicating before all the trades went down what the status of some of the teams were. Those teams that were close to the tax that were still on the good side but were very close, so they have to be very careful about the kind of trades and maneuvers that they do in order to stay under the tax. Toronto is $268,000 under the tax. Indiana, $615,000. Minnesota, 873000 Denver is $1.4 million. Washington is $1.7 million. More likely two hundred dollars because of the SD Games play bonus. So it's basically they'll be just barely above, uh, you know, barely in the good side as far as the tax is concerned. And Miami is almost $2 million under the tax. So Pat Riley's got a lot of trades that he could go ahead and still do, but he's got to be careful about where he stands because obviously the, the directive is to stay under the tax. The teams that are over the tax, but heading into the trades, again, this is going to change because most likely Boston is going to get under the tax, but Golden State is $170 million plus in the tax. The Clippers are $112 million in the tax. This was before all the trades went down. Brooklyn, $110 million in the tax. Milwaukee, $46.5 million in the tax. The Lakers, $43.7 million in the tax. Utah, $17.4 million in the tax. Philadelphia, $7.6 million in the tax. And Boston, once again, lead, coming into this morning, they were $2 million, about a point, uh, $1.3 million over. Bobby Marks was saying, so, again, with those trades, it looks like they will probably slide under the tax. So we'll wait and see as far as an official ruling. But, again, that's something to be aware of right there as these teams go ahead into the final hour of the trade deadline. So we hit one hour left, my friend, one hour left for the Lakers to go ahead and do something. It's nervous time for all you Lakers fans out there. So we'll see what happens. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts.
But once again, it's Gerald Glasser from the Lakers Fast Break. It is our Lakers Fast Break NBA trade deadline special. Hope everyone is enjoying what we're doing out here for the Lakers Fast Break. If you want to go ahead and catch everything that we do and you're a new viewer and or new listener, go ahead and check us out wherever you get your podcast. We do post games every game. We just come on right after the games that are played and we talk about the game. Plus, we also have other special episodes that we do throughout the season and throughout the year right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So hopefully you get a chance to check out what we're doing. We're also available on YouTube. And so big shout out to our friends on YouTube. We get a lot of comments there. So truly appreciate everyone going ahead and taking the time to watching us on YouTube. This will be uploaded to YouTube. So you go ahead and check it out there if you missed any part of it. Or go ahead and watch it in the archives right here on Facebook at Lakers Fast Break. Or check it out anytime you want. Go ahead and give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. But my friend, we headed to the final hour of the NBA trade deadline getting nervous at all for you out there? Um, no, you know, I've been, I've been sort of copacetic as uh, I still have an occasional rant and, and I can't promise you that I won't have one today. Um, but generally speaking, I've, I've, I've been able to keep my sports in proper perspective so far this year as the, as I've watched my Yankees crumble, my 49ers crumble, and my Lakers crumble. So um, hopefully I'll maintain that perspective. But but I also think that there are moves that the Lakers can make on the fringes that are important. Um, I think that you still come down to the fact that if we have a healthy and an engaged and rested LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and that is something that we might have, but still something that's possible, we should we should be able to compete with anybody. Um, it's just everybody keeps saying that there's nothing that we can do. And yet, when you look at any team that I've seen in the past, and 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 I've been a Laker fan for a lot of years, there are always it's always two or three players that really can make the difference in a, in a roster for the chemistry and the camaraderie on the team. And right now, in my opinion, it's, it's the presence of Russell Westbrook and Taylor Horton Tucker that are the two terrible fits on this team. And if you could replace them with two bigger guys who can shoot and who would at least be attentive on defense, um, I think that you could dramatically see a team that would be much more sustainable that could could hold leads that could build leads that could uh, develop some chemistry to develop some tenacity on defense and and develop some consistency and and i think that even with those things in there as long as you're not taking things away from lebron and ad and what they can do which is what's happening with the lineups and rotations that we have now so it's not like we need to replace Russell Westbrook with a third star. It's really more like we need to replace him with two or three role players who will actually do the little things that are important for the team to be able to be successful. The things that we don't get with Russ, which is being attentive on defense, you know, not making stupid turnovers or taking ill-advised shots um, and all of those particular things. So, I'm still hopeful that we can make small moves on the margins, uh, that we can get rid of Russ, that we can maybe incur a little bit of salary cap pain, if you will, and pay some luxury taxes by 
by rather than giving up the pick to go ahead and take Daniel Theis's contract back, um, he definitely would be a better addition than, as a backup five than the two guys that we've got now. Um, and we can make we can make a few smart moves like that on the fringes to stabilize what we've got so that we can really give LeBron and AD their best possible opportunity to see if they could pull anything through. Um, I think we owe that to LeBron James. I think that that will go a long way toward Malik Monk maybe wanting to stay with this club next year at a discount. Um, and frankly, if Frank Vogel has any chance at all of coming back as a head coach, then he's going to need to be given an opportunity without Russell Westbrook screwing everything up. Otherwise, you might as well promote Phil Handy right now as a temporary coach, um, fire Rob Palinka, Stan Pat, and go for next year and and look for a new general manager to really revamp the team come the next year because we're not going to do it. There's no way that we can stand Pat and be in a better situation this summer. It's just not going to happen. It'll be worse. If we start losing and we finish the season out of the top six and if we don't even get past the play-in tournament, it's, it's going to put the Lakers back so far that it's going to be hard to hard to see us get through anything. We're going to be looking at the end. We're going to be looking at the possible departure of LeBron James at some point. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Laker Tom with Gerald Glassford. Just want to go ahead and update what's going on. Some new, I guess, uh, things that are added now as far as that's available on Twitter. Sham Sharania reported that as part of the deal, the mega deal that happened earlier today, with the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden is opting into his $47.3 million player option on, on his contract for next season. Oh, my gosh. Twist my arm on a $47.3 million. My gosh. Rather than a new contract? Arm. Rather than a new contract. Interesting. Yes. So, basically, he was given the option to go ahead. So, he's opting into his final year of his contract. So, they can go ahead and have some time to see how this works before – obviously discussing an extension from there. That had, but, that had to be a requirement of the Yeah, trade. that was a requirement. That's part of the deal. <laughs> so, yes, twist my arm, Laker Tom. I have to. Oh, gosh darn. Oh, golly yeah, gee willikers. Guess I'm going to have to take that. No way you can oh. opt out and become a free agent again. Twist my arm, <laughs> Laker Tom. Twist my arm. Taking that 47 mil. My gosh. I also want to mention the familiar the number, isn't it? That 47 mil option. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about it. There's a couple in mind that we've talked about already over the past few weeks. The Pacers are finalizing a trade to send Tory Craig to the sun. He's supposed to be a Laker. Oh man. Jay- Come on, Gerald. So all the, the Pacers are finalizing a trade to send Tory Craig to the Suns for Jalen Smith and a future second round pick. Jalen Smith is a player that they declined at the final year of his rookie contract. And uh, basically a player that, has shown a little bit of promise in spots for the Suns this year. Finally, after I think a couple seasons of not living up to expectations as a uh, lottery draft pick, but they get back the Suns, a, a player that could really help them and has helped them, Torrey Craig, before in the past. So this is something that could be a, a very good transaction for them. Again, Torrey Craig you know, has played as a key contributor on teams over the past couple of seasons, we've seen that he can go ahead and guard a lot of players on the wing. So getting some wing help out of the Suns, that, you know, just the, the winners keep on winning. 
The Lakers they don't need any do wing nothing. help is the problem. Well, you know, it's they called and the Clippers depth, have all of the wings that are left. And they're it's like called depth, stop, man. It's called depth. The Lakers wing don't stop. have depth and the, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns are just building even more. So that's the trade rare right now. But yes, we're still monitoring and the all the trade activity that's going on. Still, it's quiet right now at the early part of the hour, but we expect it's quiet, it. It's quiet everywhere where the Lakers are involved because if you yeah, look, well, and, sure. there's nothing coming from the Houston Rockets. There's that's, no that's word true. on Eric Gordon. There's nothing coming from from Harrison Barnes. There's nothing coming from the Knicks at all on the Knicks. I mean, it's like, what's going on there? Um so that's a lot of why we're still sitting here waiting for something to happen for the Lakers because the Lakers are the Lakers are involved in those situations and obviously the teams aren't ready. The teams haven't gotten down to the backup that is the Lakers options. They're yes. still hoping for the options that are better than the Lakers can offer. The backup to the backup. Yeah. To and the backup. So we'll see the what happens option. on that. Yes, the fifth option. Hello, Rob. We're going to go ahead and go with you after much consideration and much deliberation. Hey, listen, it's very possible that at the last minute, there could be two people calling the Lakers saying, oh, down, we're down to the fourth option and it's the Lakers. And the other team says we're down to the fifth option, it's the Lakers. And they both understand that there's another team out there. So it's possible it can happen. It's possible it could happen indeed. But once again, we are monitoring the situation as it is right now at the NBA trade deadline. It's Gerald do you Glassford. think the Lakers can do nothing, Gerald? I I don't think they can. They can do nothing, but I don't think they should do nothing. What but... do you think they will do? Nothing. No trades. Yeah. So we'll. I I I don't know. Right now, it's fifty minutes left. I think they will make a trade, but I don't think it'll be the trade that everybody's hoping for. But we'll wait and see. So I think they'll make some, some maybe something along the fringes, but. You know, with 50 minutes left, Rob Palenka hopefully is on the phone working it right now. I'm, I'm hoping that he's doing something to go ahead and and get this into gear for the Lakers. But at this yeah, point, it's... at this point, I'll take Williams and Muscala. Uh, you'll you'll take anything. Uh huh. Well, okay. I want size. We we need some size. I'm tired. I'm tired. Like last night of seeing Tatum, Horton, Tucker guarding a six eight guy in the paint. paint. I mean, come I on. Agree. Come on, we've been doing that all year long because we don't have anybody bigger than 6'4". It's ridiculous. Well, right now, the last trade that was mentioned was about 12 minutes ago, and that is Torrey Craig to the Suns for Jalen Smith and a future second-round pick. Right now, there has been no activity that's been mentioned as of yet. I'm sure the phones are being worked on by all these NBA front offices, but once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break NBA Trade Deadline Special. It's like for Tom with Gerald Glassford. If you have any questions out there for us, please let us know right here in the comments on Facebook. You can go ahead and let us know on YouTube. You can let us know on social media at Lakers Fast Break and at Laker Tom. We're right here monitoring everything that's going on. Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation right now at Lakerholics.com. There's always something going on there. So really want to go ahead and let everybody know that we're going ahead and doing what we can here to report on what's going on at the NBA trade deadline. Thank you so much for joining us. We're getting people all over checking in, checking out what we're doing here at the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate it. Watching viewers from all over checking in. I see the, the coming and going in waves is just truly appreciated that you're stopping by and checking out what we do as we count down the final 40 some odd minutes left in the NBA trade deadline. So it's very interesting to see what happens. Again, it's Gerald Glasser along with Laker Tom. 
Laker Tom, I mean, are you getting kind of nervous, starting to sweat there? The Lakers may not be able to do anything before the trade deadline. I don't have any control over it, so why should I sweat? Oh, okay. I Rob Blake is sure. the guy who should be sweating because his future as Lakers vice president of basketball operations. Do you is think it's that tenuous? Do you think it's it's that tenuous? Um, well, you know, Palinka Palinka did a great made a great organizational move after he took over from Magic, which is he severed all of the relationships they had with reporters. And there wasn't going to be any more inside information coming from within the Lakers. And all of a sudden, everybody got, we had this big vision of the Lakers being a totally dysfunctional organization that was just crazy, you know, and nobody really in charge type of thing. Well, because of how everything was kept so in-house over the last two years and, and the fact that we, we won the championship in the bubble, all of a sudden, the whole constant, the whole perception that the Lakers were a well-run organization seemed to take root. And then came this whole incident with Frank Vogel, where all of a sudden we see this is not really a organization that's all on one page. It's an organization that has made compromises where we supposedly have made a consensus and we're all going to get behind the decision. And but everybody didn't get behind those decisions because there were differences about coaching. There were differences about who to play. There were interference about it. There were players who were promised starting positions and therefore the coach had no power over it. The coach was not allowed to make certain things. So all of a sudden we found that this fiction that had been created that the Lakers were now a well-run stable organization was all a bunch of bullshit. It was just basically a, sorry, Gerald. Now I got to go ahead and edit that part out. Was was just really a fallacy that was created uh, in the minds of the media. And the truth of the matter is that the Lakers basically are very dysfunctional in a lot of areas. They don't have a general manager who has complete control over what to do on the team. Uh, they don't have a coach who has complete control over how to coach the team. Um, they've got superstars who basically have to approve everything and basically were the instigators for the whole Russell Westbrook trade. So... It's an organization that, to a certain extent, is exactly where it was right after Magic Johnson quit. On the edge and close to disarray because they don't really have leadership. They have a wishy-washer owner who relies upon her best friend, who's the wife of Kurt Rambis, to make decisions about the future of the franchise. Um, they're an organization that's never paid luxury taxes in any extent and doesn't want to. Um, and has, has a reputation for not willing to go out and spend the most money in order to win. Um, we always laugh about the players who say, all that counts is winning, but they're not willing to take a minimum contract to come to a championship team and play with LeBron and win. Um, in some ways, the Lakers are sort of a similar situation. Winning is everything except we're, we're going to keep enough money so that we're all nice and safe and happy in our multi-million dollar homes and such. So I don't, you know, I think that the Lakers really, I see this as, as one of the turning points in the franchise. If you wait till summer and you allow this Russell Westbrook thing to turn into a total nightmare where the guy doesn't play, or you just put him on a shelf somewhere, um, hoping he doesn't get hurt so that you can't trade him in the summer. 
which might be the smart thing to do. Um, and you don't trade Taylor Horton Tucker and let him screw up all of the rotations with a non, another non-shooter for the rest of the year. Um, and you lose games. You're not going to win. You may not even make the play-in tournament. It's totally possible that you could miss it. Um, maybe that's why they're keeping the draft pick because they don't think that they're they're going to tank their way out of the out of the whole situation. I think that would be something incredibly naive and stupid for a team and a franchise with a storied history that the Lakers have to do. Kind of akin to trying to get a PPP loan, you know. Um, this is not the way that this is not the way that the Los Angeles Lakers should operate. We should, not also, be, we should not be fifth and trying to get lower on the list of teams paying luxury taxes. And dissing Jerry West, but again, you and I have disagreement well, on that. We but, did uh, disagreement on that because Jerry disses the Lakers every time he turns around. Well, so. you know, he, uh, well, I, I was going to try to correlate Jerry West to you as far as an old man getting off my lawn growl, growling. Well, it is, you know, I mean, to be honest, when I was a kid, I spent all of my I spent all of my growing years in basketball copying every move that Jerry West made. I had his fadeaway jump shot and stop on a dime. That's all I shot in those days. Um, he was he was the guy that I I styled my entire game after, um, and I and he was a great player, a great Laker, a great general manager. Um, but like, but like. Bill Jackson, just a guy who time passed by. I yeah, think. But you don't take his. You know, that's something Jerry Buss left to him. I promised him lifetime seats. So that's something yeah. that you don't take away. That's Jerry Buss. Right <laughs> well, I always, you know, I always thought it was. You always hate when you have to make those choices. Shaq or Kobe, you know, Phil or Jerry. Uh, I'm just THT or Russ. I'm just saying right now, Jerry West, you shouldn't have gone ahead and taken away his seats. It's such a symbolic no. thing. I understand that he's going to be mainly in another new arena coming down the road next to SoFi Stadium with the with the Intuit.com arena. But yes, come on, come on. He he did so much for the organization, the Lakers, for so many years. I think you should at least go ahead and hold the promise that Jerry Buss you know, had and gave him. So it's simple as that. Simple sad, but once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glasser along with Laker Tom. We're monitoring the situation as we speak. There has been very little activity in the past. So what, are the, minutes. what are the odds now, Gerald, that the Lakers make at least one trade? You think that... uh, it is now 50 50 and slowly declining 50, 50? on the negative side? 50 50, or is that did you just shift to 51 49? Uh, it's it's going now 49, to forty nine fifty one forty nine four. You think it's more likely minutes. now that the Lakers don't make any trade? Uh, it's it's right I'd now. I'd have to say that I'd say that I'd have to say that I think seventy five percent the Lakers will make a trade. You think it's seventy five percent they will make a trade? I think it's right yes. now fifty fifty that they'll make a trade, and it's it's slowly slowly fifty uh, that they'll trade Russ. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll what, see what what's happens. Your num- what's your number for that? Um, I'd say, again, it's 50-50. If they're going to make a trade now, it might, might as well be Russ. But, I'm, you know, I, I, again, I'm been, I didn't want him on the team in the first place. I was the yeah. one first vocal to say that, that he should have never been on the team in the first place. I described all the reasons why, <laughs> and they've been perfect as far as it's concerned. 
I didn't like to be right. No, I don't want to be no, right. No, there have actually been worse than you were expecting. There I worse. told you he would be an awful That's shooter. the problem. I if they'd been as bad as you be expected, awful. that would have been okay. But it's like the Laker, one of the one of the Lakers team sources actually was quoted as saying, I was against the trade, but I never thought it would be this bad. <laughs> I told you he was awful. I told you he would be an awful fit for the Lakers. Yeah. I told you he would, you know, yeah. and I don't want to be right. And I don't like to no, gloat no, and I, I don't want to be right. No, Gerald, no, I would never accuse you of that. You know, I mean, but no, hey, I, saw I don't it. know any real, I don't know any real Laker fan who wouldn't love to eat crow and be wrong about everything. Yeah, I would love to be, I would, I would have loved if to we could wrong. just straighten it out and win. Yeah. Unfortunately, we see too many examples, such as the guys on this roster. Yeah, you know, from Drummond to Bazemore to I mean, DeAndre Jordan, your favorite. If you if you could take away the centers and how the Lakers can't even get it straight, that a modern center is a guy who shoots free throws and three point shots and can defend the rim. If he can defend other places, that's great. But don't start with a guy who is going to sit down in the low post and clog things up for LeBron and AD and think that that is doing something good for the team. We started DeAndre Drummond, I mean, DeAndre Jordan, 36 times this year, I think. I mean, that's just incredible. And, and Frank, Vogel, Frank, Vogel's, Frank Vogel's list of play, favorite players who he refuses to take out of the lineup and, and he was who, somebody that wasn't uh, needed or wanted anymore on the Brooklyn Nets. So thank, well, thank I do God have a trade. Drummond is on the Nets now, man. Yeah, That's we do have a trade. News. I got to put a jingle. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, right now we have a trade that is being finalized. Adrian Wojnarowski and Chom Sharani are reporting that Washington is finally uh, finalizing a trade, sending Montrezl Harold to Charlotte. That is Montrezl Harold to Charlotte, a team that is. We could have done that last year. Yeah, well, he's in sorely need a big man. Then Montrezl Harold, who has been fighting mad, literally in Washington, <laughs> fighting with KCP, and uh, right in the middle of all the dissension that's going on in Washington, as their season started off so strong and has fallen off like a cliff, even worse than the Lakers. If you can imagine a, a, a current team that has had a worse rock or rockier road in the past couple months. Actually, the Washington has been worse than the Los Angeles. But, but I heard that the Washington trade was like the best, greatest trade ever made in the history of the NBA. Absolutely. Well, Kuzma's cool. played. You got to admit, Kuzma has played well. Kuzma has played yeah, well. Yeah, he's totally untouchable now. Uh, he's got to be. Very he and touchable. Bradley are the only two they won't trade. Yeah, uh, he's got to be mm -hmm. very touchable because the fact is, you know, he is still not a savior for Washington, as right. the record indicates. He's played well. But he had, you know, and he's had some really good games, uh, and he's played better than what he did, you know, previous seasons with the Lakers. But it's not to the point where he's become a star for the team, that's for sure. And Bradley Beal, his his situation, you know, now that he's out for the entire season with the now for the out for the rest of the season, excuse me, with a wrist surgery that is now needed needed. So we'll see what happens there if he gets the extension or what's going to happen in the off season, but. He was someone that was heavily rumored as far as being someone that could be on the move. Well, obviously, that's going to have to wait and see until the summer. Wait and see what goes on there. He did not have the kind of season I think that he was hoping for, and it ended prematurely. But Washington needs to start making some moves, and they started right now with finalizing a trade for Montrezl Harrell. 
going to the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll see what happens there. Michael Jordan's team is thinking a little bit more as far as what they can do in the playoffs. With Charlotte, they're a team that's nice. LaMelo Ball is now an all-star. I really don't think they scare anyone. I think that's the problem. And I don't think this is going to help them in that regards. It's a nice little back, you know, as far as a backup mm-hmm. big man. He is once a six man of the year. I just don't think it scares anyone. Charlotte, he's not a, he's not a defensive center is the problem. No, they, no, they, not they, a, they really wanted small. Miles Turner. He's a six, and, seven, he's a six yeah. seven center. Uh, who lays with a lot he's of a power. Small ball, and yeah. small ball center at best. Yeah. And, but I don't think, again, with Charlotte, they're a team that, Yes, they have playoff aspirations. They do have a nice record. They're above 500. They might slide in as far as a 6th, 7th, or 8th seed, maybe a play-in seed. Who knows what, what happens there? They will probably slide somewhere between 6 and 10. But they don't scare anyone, so I don't see them unless they make a big trade that's going to rock you know, someone else out there that I don't think that is going to be uh, you know, a, a kind of a, a game-changing yeah. thing for them right now. But they do need some help in some areas, and they're trying to go ahead and shore up a little bit with Montres Harrell. We'll see what happens there. But we have 35 minutes left here on the trade deadline special, at least. Of course, we'll go overtime to see if there's anything going on. The Washington Wizards are trading Aaron Holiday. This is their second trade in the past few minutes. They're trading him to Phoenix. So Phoenix is shoring up with not only Torrey Craig, but Aaron Holiday. Good backup guard. We'll see what happens there. But, yes, they are just trying to get depth at this point in time because they see a title run. They're doing everything that they can to go ahead and make some tweaks and some fine points and some tuning up to go ahead around the edges. They've actually, you know, uh, done very well with some some, uh, uh, ancillary trades, like what they did with JaVale McGee. They had the pickup earlier this year, Bismack Biyombo, and revived his career. And just basically have done a great job as far as even with DeAndre Ayton out of the lineup, they still have had their winning ways. Of course, they've got the best record in the NBA and have done a great job in doing so. So I got to compliment them. Yes, they're they're just right now trimming along the edges. And I think that right now we'll see what happens with uh, what's going on in Phoenix. But yes, they've traded for Aaron Holiday from the Wizards. And I don't know who they're getting back yet. Shams is only reporting that part of it. So we'll see what happens there. With Charlotte, it's they're acquiring Washington Center, Montres Harrell for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. So uh, Charlotte is getting Montres Harrell for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. So Washington is just getting some pieces around the fringe. Maybe Vernon Carey can develop into something. Ish Smith is a veteran guard. I remember when he hurt the Lakers. When God, he killed the Lakers. Ish always kills the Lakers. Yes, he Ish always kills the Lakers. Maybe if he played the Lakers, he would go ahead and get you know that nice big. You probably need to develop a, a wild card players. You know that. Yeah, well, you that's can hire true, before but... each game. Like if you're going against the Lakers, you hire Ish and couple of other wild card players to go on your roster and well there you go maybe that's why they maybe they got the lakers in their future but with the wizards again they're going ahead and making some changes trading out sending out Montres harrell and aaron holiday so we'll see what happens there but yes uh some still trades along the fringes anything big right now we'll see what happens but right now there's still some activity that's going on with a little bit over. So half are you, hour are you switching now with uh, 30 minutes to go? Is it still 49.51 that we'll make a trade? Uh, it's getting less and less, my friend. Getting less and less. So I'm we'll still 75 75 percent that we're going to make a trade. 
Okay. I probably won't like it, but I think we'll make a trade. Just to trade. They have, just to, do, they have to do something. They cannot just do nothing. Just to trade, just to trade. Okay. All right. Well, a trade, just to trade. No, you don't make a trade just to trade, but there definitely are trades that you can make to get better. And even if you have to pay a little, you know, I mean, you just can't ignore the situation that you've got and say that you're just going to wait until summer to fix it. I think that that, when you have LeBron James on your team and he's 37 years old, that is malpractice, in my opinion. Well, again, we're going to see what happens. But then I've seen a lot of malpractice already from this front. Uh, yeah, last year you were uh, saying already, I mean, that, that trade. Well, they should have traded THT last year. How much proof do you need of that right now? Yeah, that's, that's of course, that's right out there for you. But once again, it's the high, Lakers fast That was break. his height. That was his height of his value. And what did we do? We pulled him back and yep. paid him. And paid him and uh, let go of Alex Caruso instead. Something yep. that Lakers sort of needed was defensive perimeter defense and Fortunately, weren't able to do that. So and just yeah. and just trading chips. We got twelve guys on the, on the roster who, ten guys on the roster who basically have no trade value, other than as filler, minor filler. You know, like a million six filler. Well, again, the, this is something that the I've been saying for a while now. Rob Palenka is not the GM for this team. Uh, in fact, I said it last season and. Uh, in is coming out to be the case so far. So we'll see what happens there. Again, less less than a half hour remaining here at the trade deadline. We're still going to be hanging out over that. So we can go ahead and just make sure there's any last minute trades that were sent and submitted to the NBA that get you know, sent in and submitted by uh, the uh, 12 o'clock deadline. I think if they're working on a trade, I think there's a, I think the NBA is overseeing that oversees all this. I guess they may, if there's two teams that are or teams yeah. that are working on a trade, they'll allow you to go a little bit over the trade deadline, but uh, they're they're pretty strict on that. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Again, Sham Sharani is reporting the last trade was the Wizards are trading Aaron Holiday to Phoenix. All the parameters have not been spelled out yet, so we'll see what Phoenix is uh, giving back to the Wizards. So we haven't heard 100% of what that is, so we'll see what happens there. I will be reporting it as soon as they uh, mention that. But yes, uh, there's still hopefully going to be a lot going on this final half hour of the trade deadline. It's Laker Tom and Gerald Glassford right here for you. Truly want to thank all the people that got a chance to check us out today, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your YouTube, wherever you get your Facebook. Thank you so much. Tweeted us out on at Lakers Fast Break. So you got to, you know, easily if you watched us off Twitter, thank you so much for doing so there. We're live right now for hopefully maybe an hour more. So hopefully we'll go ahead and be able to close this out strong for the Lakers. But yes, 29 minutes and counting. We'll see what happens there as far as the <laughs> Lakers who are not doing anything as of yet. 28 minutes now and counting. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, we're uh, looking to see all, all the action. We've got the Twitters going on right now before Sham Sharania, Adrian Oshanowski, any Woj bombs on the way, any Shams bombs on the way. We'll see what happens there. But yes, we're uh, we're hoping, we're keeping our fingers crossed. Hopefully you Lakers fans are, are doing the same out there as we continue our live coverage of the NBA trade deadline. <laughs> 
man, I'll tell you what, this is getting uh, kind of uh, starting to sweat here, starting to get a little nervous. You know, what's happening here as far as if you're a Lakers fan? I know uh, looking at some of the tweets, it's been reported that Rob Palenka is in constant contact with LeBron James in regards to what's going on at the trade deadline. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to be a part of that conversation with a whole lot of, okay, but Rob, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, static. I can't hear you, LeBron. I can't hear you. Are you you saying something? I can't hear you. I'll have to get back to you. I'm I'm, I'm working the phones. Working the phones. Yes. Bad connection. Bad connection. Bad, yeah, bad cell coverage. Bad cell coverage. The 5G ain't kicking in as of yet. Yes. Must be near an airport or something. Yes. I don't know what's going on. So, yes, something. Uh, it has well, you know, there, there's, it's interesting when you think of Rob's situation because – Depending on what his attitude was like, Rob could Rob could look at this whole thing and think, you know, boy, I should not have done what what LeBron and AD wanted me to do here. Um, but the other half of it is he say he could also say, well, well if you had you know, a backbone, he wouldn't have. Maybe, maybe. But here's the other side of it: it he almost has a free pass to reverse the trade, in a sense, you know. I mean, when, when, if you watch the end of that game and two nights ago, Russ goes over to LeBron and AD sitting on the bench after losing and Frank had just pulled him out of the game with 30 seconds left and he's consoling him on the shoulder and patting him on the head and so forth. And they're both looking straight down. They won't even acknowledge him. Um, you got to feel that there's a, there's a point where you just have to pull the trigger on that. And and Rob basically, to a certain extent, isn't gonna get the blame. It's pretty well, it's sort of like a it's sort of like taking a three-point shot with one second left, you know. The ball's thrown to you, you got one second left, you know. Fire away, man. I don't care what your percentage is. It's the best play. Fire away then. It's the only chance you got. Otherwise, you lose the ball. For it, Rob has that situation in hand that he could do what he wants to do. As far as Russ is part of this whole transaction, he could reverse that transaction off and move Russ off and give up the pick. And he could blame that on, you know, I don't think anybody's going to blame him for that. I hear all these people screaming about giving up the pick to make, to get rid of Russ as being too much. And yet when you think about it, we're talking about a pick that LeBron James will be out of the NBA when that pick is used. He will be out of the NBA, period. No matter if he plays as long as Tom Brady played. Well, he's going to play as long as Bronny to see if he, you know, Bronny gets selected by an NBA team. 41 years old with Bronny. Yeah. But the point being that, and also at the start of next year, we get a second pick. Now people are acting like, well, we, if we don't get rid of Russ now and when this summer we're gonna we're gonna be really strung with him and we'll have two picks we can give away to get rid of him. Well, uh, we won't have to give any picks to get rid of him in the summer because he'll be an expiring contract. Do 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 do. Another trade has happened. It's the Washington Wizards are going crazy in this final hour as they're trading Spencer Dinwiddie to Dallas. So maybe they're not. Dallas is oh, now maybe not going to be Roger, in the project. Maybe he's going somewhere else. Yeah, maybe he's going somewhere else because Spencer Dinwiddie has been traded from the Washington Wizards to the Dallas Mavericks. 
And they've been very active because they just traded Aaron Holiday to Phoenix. So we haven't heard the particulars on each of these trades as of yet. But yes, the word is right now that Washington in the past hour has traded Montres Harrell for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. They've traded Aaron Holiday to the Suns and they've traded Spencer Dinwiddie to the Dallas Mavericks. So they're in a giveaway mode. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was a free agent that that was hoping that he would click with Bradley Beal, but unfortunately he just has not been able to shoot well at all. He's really been one of the poorest shooters in the league. And for somebody that gets a, a, a predominant amount of playing time, Still a good playmaker, but and obviously yeah, someone he's got a could, three to one assist to turnovers ratio. Which yeah, is really absolutely. Good, but if he you know, cannot. I, mean, shoot. I, looked, I was kind of tempted by that, even though he's a thirty percent three point shooter. Um, You're trading thirty for thirty, my yeah. friend. No, but but the the other trade off is that if you were somehow able to flip him for for Russ's, you get a guy who can takes care of the ball. You know, I mean, that's three to one is a nice turnover ratio to have. Instead, yeah, especially that, when you that, got a two-to-one guy who's a volume turnover ratio. That that's true. That's that's true. But yes, that, Spencer Dinwiddie yeah. is on his way to Dallas. And another big trade for Dallas right now. Dallas is sending Kristaps Porzingis in this deal to the Washington Wizards. So the Kristaps Porzingis experiment in Dallas. Wow. Was, he is going to the Washington Wizards. That's very uh, surprising indeed. I know Christian uh, Porzingis, uh, Christoph Porzingis was actually considered to be on the move, possible as a trade target, because he's not met expectations in Dallas, since Dallas traded so much to get him when he was such a big part of the New York Knicks. It almost is like David Fisdale has caused this whole thing because the way he treated Christos Porzingis in New York, and look what happened there. He wanted to go ahead and leave because of that. Then he left. He went to Dallas, never quite clicked with Luka Doncic, never quick, clicked to the amount where it needed to, where it looked like they were going to become a dynamic duo. It just never clicked. And now he's on his way to the Washington Wizards. Very interesting mm-hmm. trade. Obviously, the Montrezl Herald trade was to get out that kind of center minutes, although they still have Thomas Bryant. And also Daniel Gafford on that team that that play the big man thing. So, uh, or unless you want to trade, you know, play Kristaps at power forward, which is, trying to find a good spot for him, especially on the defensive end, is tough. He has to make sure he's hitting from Davis Bertans is the other player in that trade. Yeah, he's got a nice big fat contract and has underperformed since he got it. Yeah. So. You know what? Uh, that is part of the deal right there. So I'll give the particulars here in a second. So yes, Crips. It uh, looks like Davis Bertans with his contract is going to be part of the deal as well that's heading to Dallas. So we'll see what happens there as far as the particulars are concerned. So we'll mention it as soon as we get the full details on it. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We are still 20 minutes away from the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's we go, My gosh. Um, but yes, the Mavericks are trading Christoph Brzingis to the Wizards for a package centered around Spencer Dinwiddie. So we'll see what happens as Washington has become very active in the final few minutes of the trade deadline. Season. They're probably going to they're probably going to tie all those trades together in some manner. In, in some manner, some, some mega trade. Maybe, maybe you know, like they did last make time. it all make it all nice and neat. But we'll see how it lines up, and we'll hopefully, as soon as we get the full particulars on it, we'll let you know. But Christoph Brzingis is on the move again. 
So we'll see what happens as far as his career is going. Will he ever get to the point where he was with the New York Knicks? We'll wait and see. Uh, I still think there's hope for him as far as the development is concerned. If he can stay healthy, that's always a key and a question with him. Got another pop-up right here on Twitter. Another another alert. The Wizards will send Dev- Davis Berton, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a second-round pick uh, from the Mavericks. Send uh, send Kristaps Porzingis to the Wizards with a second-round pick for Davis Bertans and also Spencer Dinwiddie. So that's uh, right now just the major particulars in this deal. If there's anything more fine-tuning, I'll go ahead and shout it out as we go ahead and continue with the show. But yes, the Washington Wizards in the past half hour have just garnered a tremendous amount of trade activity over the course of the past few minutes. See, seeing how that's the case. Can the Lakers follow suit in the last 19 minutes to go ahead and see if we can get something going so where, here? What's your odds now that the Lakers are going to make a trade? They're dropping, my friend. They're now in the 30s, 30%. 30, right 30%? I'm yes. probably still at 50%. Okay. <laughs> you faith have to in the last drop. Minute, faith in the last minute drop. You have you have the steeper drop right now from 75 to 70 to 50. I've gone down from 50 to 30. So we'll see what happens there. Again, it's Gerald Glass from Laker Tom right here at the Lakers fast break. Nothing happening. Now the chances of a trade that I'm gonna like are probably 20. Oh yeah. Well that's that's got gets less and less. But truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. If you have any questions for us, go ahead at Laker Tom at Lakers Fast Break. You can always go ahead and let us know here at Lakers Fast Break on Facebook, Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. Go ahead, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. And, of course, the best place for all your conversations today at Lakerholics.com. Remember, Tom has a great article all the time up there at Lakerholics.com. Also got to make a shout-out to Jamie Sweet. Hoping everything is well with him. He has a whole bunch of articles available at the five things columns right there at Lakerholics.com. <laughs> Plus, of course, all our Lakers fast breaks are there as well. What's going on, Tom? You oh, I was just laughing at this tweet that uh, oh, the Tons okay, was included in the trade because the because the Mavericks had to have a one white player come back for Brazil. Oh, well, uh, I don't want to get into that, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I guess that's Twitter. It that's Twitter Dallas. for you. It is Dallas, man. Yeah, that's that's Twitter. So we'll see what happens with uh, what's going on with Dallas and Washington. But yes, right now there's still 17 minutes left in this NBA trade deadline. So we'll see if there's still more activity to come. Yes, the particulars for some of the trades still have not yet been fully announced for the Aaron Holiday trade and also the parameters in full for the Davis Bertans, Kristaps Porzingis, Spencer Dinwiddie trade between Dallas and Washington as well. So hopefully we can get a little bit more clarification on that. I know their guys are Sham Sharania is working the phones. I know Adrian Wojnarowski working those phones, getting those texts in there, getting those tweets in there. So we'll see what happens as far as the parameters on that. But hopefully there'll be more activity. We're going to find out in 17 minutes left in the NBA trade deadline. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break NBA trade deadline special one hour and 41 minutes in here. We thank you so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. You're hanging out with us. We truly cannot thank you enough for doing so. Again, we have a lot of fun doing this. We'll see if we can have even more fun the next 16 minutes with Los Angeles (laughs) Lakers fans out there. It would Um, help. 
Yes, yes. I have Sean Grice emailing us here at LakersFastBreakAtYahoo.com nonstop with his running commentary. He uh, liked the trade, the big trade today with Ben Simmons for uh, James Harden. Uh, that he liked on the side of the Nets. I kind of disagree with him. I kind of like on the fact that Philadelphia was able to save the young talent. Uh, I think it's close with yeah. the Nets getting the first round picks. Yes, but with Philadelphia keeping Matisse Thibel and Tyrese Maxey, I think that's a win for Philadelphia. So we'll see what happens as far as for both teams there. I know he's been also talking about that the Mavs have Dinwiddie, Luka, and they're trying to get Drogic. Uh, so we'll see what happens if they can go ahead and get Drogic out there. But yes, uh, that's something that I know that they want to go ahead and, and get more playmaking ability around Luka. I think that they need more shooting around Luka. So we'll see what happens as far as trying to get more shooting because I think Reggie Bullock has been playing very well of late for Dallas. And I think the reason why they've had their upswing is one of, he's one of the reasons why, but they've had increased shooting plus a better attention to defense. That's why Dallas, I think, has been playing very well as of late from what I'm seeing. So we'll see what happens there as far as Goran Dragic. Does he end up on the Dallas Mavericks in the buyout? We'll see what happens there because I think he just got – like I said earlier, he got traded to the Spurs, and I know that he's going to be part of a buyout. So we'll see where he ends up on that team. Could be on Dallas, could be somewhere else. I know there's still 15 minutes left, 15 minutes left in the NBA trade deadline. It's getting getting down to crunch time. Will the Lakers do something? Nothing, we'll no see. action from the Knicks yet, and no action from the Rockets. Yeah, no, no action from either the Rockets or the Knicks. It's kind of surprised there. Both teams were heavily rumored to be active and in play. Although mm-hmm. the Knicks already did make the trade for Cam Reddish, and were you right. surprised that Cam Reddish has not played at all or virtually at all for the Knicks since arriving on that team? Well, the word was obviously that uh, Thibodeau didn't want him, and then secondly that he couldn't break his way into the rotation. Well, why didn't they consult him in the first place? Why didn't Wes talk to Thibodeau? I don't know. Yeah, They're one of those organizations like the Lakers where Leon Rose is supposedly the best president of basketball operations, but they got like three or four other people who are involved in every single major decision. And, uh, and apparently they, I don't know what it says for Tom Thibodeau's future that they don't think that, you know, that they aren't going to consult the coach and stuff, stuff like that. That's, you know, I mean, you wonder about the Lakers in certain situations, you know, we've had the same thing where you wonder who's, who's making up the starting lineups. Is it the front officer? Is it the coach? Well, we'll see what happens again. We are yeah. 13 minutes away for the, I mean, I still, I still think that if, if something good could happen, the best thing that could happen for us at this point in time would be probably the, the getting Burks and, and, uh, Burks and, and Reddish. Reddish. You know, well, I mean, something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. It's indeed. a perfect. It's a perfect match salary wise for THT and and uh, none. Um, and you'd have to throw in a first round pick to do it. And that may be, I guess. I guess what the Lakers are trying to do is they're trying to tell us that the first round pick in twenty twenty seven is the equivalent of THT last year. Well, I don't. It's I'm the deal saying, breaker. I'm not, I'm not it's saying the deal breaker. It's the reason they didn't make the trade. Well, I'm not saying that it's like this almighty pick you got to keep, but if you're going to get rid of it now, you better do it for something really good. That's a game changer. And I don't think trading for something around the fringes like Alec Burks and 
Cam Reddish is going to be worth trading a first round pick for, in my opinion. I mean, that's just, no, I wouldn't, I, I would trade I mean, Cam Red. Okay. Get this Tom. get this Tom. Cam Reddish leaves and gets traded from Atlanta to New York and Atlanta goes on a winning streak. You mm-hmm. talk about addition by subtraction the other day with Russell Westbrook. That is addition by subtraction. Well, but, but part of that, part of that is just the clarification of a, of a team that had too many prospects that had yes. too many candidates for the rotation. You know, I mean, of course, that always helps the situation. And and if if we got rid of Russ and THT, I think we would see a similar and replace them with bigger players who had a little more size. You know, um, I, I think we would see a similar kind of result. You know, all of a sudden, just a simpler rotation, no more crazy Frank lineups, you know, and things of that nature. So it, it's all tied together, you know, that that. Who do you have to put out there in the starting lineup? Who do you have to put in the rotations? Um, and it's the whole comes down to the fact that when you've got Russell Westbrook in the lineup, along with LeBron and AD, you just don't have enough other spots to put enough defense and shooting to make it a good lineup. Simple. Well, there you, know? you go. So far, so far, so good. So far for yeah. you fans out there in Washington, you've been very active at the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens for Lakers fans out there as we have 11 minutes. Let's, trade, let's trade for Tommy Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's can we, he's can we get to, Rob Polinka, Rob Polinka, and a couple second round draft picks, and maybe yeah. But I think he should trade Bradley Beal. I don't think Bradley Beal is going to be the dynamic player. I think that you you should keep and spend and and hold on to for two hundred fifty million dollars. I don't think Bradley not Beal super max. Yeah, he's he because he's going to be eligible for a two hundred fifty million dollar deal yeah. this summer and extension. So I don't think it, he's. It'll the be the new definition of the untradeable contract type of thing. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't know. There's, there's no, as I said earlier, there's no untradeable contract in the NBA. I, I think that's clearly been proven. Russell Westbrook's contract for Terrence two, Ross three years. rumor now for Lakers. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens because we have ten minutes left. I think we need another do 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 do. Ten <laughs> minutes left in the NBA trade deadline, right here at the Lakers fast break well, NBA first, trade this deadline. Is the first Twitter mention of Lakers in the last hour, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is that the well, that's not a laughing or uh, a GIF or a meme that's uh, picking on the Lakers. So, yes. Right. I've seen a lot of those. I've seen a lot of Rob Palenka yeah, memes right. that are, that's out there. That's for sure on Twitter. Lakers Twitter is harsh when it wants Knicks to and be. Lakers were close to a deal yesterday, but it fell apart for Windhurst. Of course. Of course. That it, that it did. Oh, but, yeah. uh, yes, right now we have no activity with 10 minutes left in the NBA trade deadline, but as soon as we hear something or see something, we will go ahead and report it. Again, some uh, trades that have gone out, like I said, in the past few minutes, the Washington Wizards have been really active in the past hour. They've traded Montrezl Harrell for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. They've also traded Aaron Holiday to the Suns for what yet? I'm not quite sure. I'm assuming a draft pick or they haven't mentioned a player, so I'm assuming it'd be some type of draft pick compensation. I will go ahead and if I ever get anything official on that, we'll let you know. Also as well, they have traded uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and also as well Davis Bertans to the Dallas Mavericks for Kristaps Porzingis and a second round pick. So that's something that has been kind of noteworthy there. So we'll see if this change of scenery will do well because Davis Bertans did so well in earning the contract. But as we've seen over the course of our lifetimes with all these NBA players, especially if they're just like middle of the road NBA players that 
they have one good season. They get the fat NBA contract and their play just deteriorates from there. How many times have we seen it? But we'll, so we'll see if Davis Bertans, who has not lived up to that hefty contract that he signed, will get a fresh change of scenery from the Dallas Mavericks. Same thing with Spencer Dinwiddie. He signed a free agent deal. The nice fat contract hasn't produced. So we'll see what happens there in Dallas as they get Dallas gets both Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Christoph Persingas, will this change of scenery help him in Washington? We'll wait and see. But very interesting to seeing what's gone down. Nothing new as of yet in the past minute, but it's seven minutes left. <laughs> seven minutes. So seven what are minutes. your odds? We'll I'm, I'm we'll dropping see. down to 35%. <laughs> betting, betting, uh, betting the bank on a Terrence Ross trade at the last minute. Well, I, it's rumored <laughs> that t- there's a first-round pick that's needed for Terrence Ross. So see well, there's probably going. about five deals that the Lakers could have made, but obviously this year's Talon Horton Tucker is that 2027 first-round draft. Well, pick. that's, you know, THT, <laughs> again, we should we talked about it last year on this show that THT should have been. Well, watch what we get for the 2027 pick this summer, assuming we don't trade it today, because wow. it'll probably be somebody – that is going to be very well. If Russell Westbrook does not get traded in the next seven minutes, his contract, as I stated before, goes up to forty-seven million dollars expiring this summer. And I think that's a little bit more attractive than to a lot of teams. Yes, you said uh, John Wall has the same, uh, virtually the same. He has his is a couple hundred thousand dollars more expensive. But again, there's twenty-eight teams out there, and there could be more than one team that's looking to go ahead and you know be see that attractive 47 it's a good, it's a good free fund. agency class that yeah. comes up after next after this summer the summer after this is going to be this lebron ad you know it, that's got almost everybody in the league so i've got six minutes left in the nba trade deadline nothing new as of yet reported by sham sharanya or adrian roshanowski or any else anyone else out there so we truly appreciate you standing by Thanks so much to J.R. Brown for the care. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We've got a lot of viewers right now coming in and out, so we cannot thank you enough for joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break and appreciate all the feedback that we're getting. So much good words so far. Thank you for the thumbs up to Nelson Reyes Corral Jr. Thank you so much for thumbs up. We truly appreciate it. We're heading to five minutes left in the NBA trade deadline. Woo, five minutes left. Does that number keep on going down? The well, there's not much time, you know. I mean, I'm still at 25% in five minutes. <laughs> okay. I can't, and that's because I just cannot believe that Rob Palenka could not make one move. That there wasn't we'll even a move on the margins that you could make to improve the team. So I wish we would have had a live meter that goes like from this angle. It goes like as the, as the minutes go by, it goes down into the other side. It's like well, Tom's probability meter. There's a there's a steepness to that curve too that I think yeah. is, is is really fascinating. It's like yes. <laughs> it was really high at one time. Now it's gone. Woo! <sighs> but once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We are in the final five minutes of the NBA trade deadline. Why should we have expected anything but impotence? Well, hold on. Again, there's still four minutes remaining. (laughs) And remember, everyone out there, even after 12 p.m., there's still, if these teams are working on something or finalizing something that they need to send into the NBA trade, uh, NBA that doesn't get announced as of yet, 
we'll wait to again to about 12 15 12 20 till we hear you know everything has been finalized and it's done for for this year for the nba trade trade deadline so we'll see what happens again Eric Gordon that's, that's what we want well, we, but he has a, a little bit longer contract, but I know he's been playing really well for yeah. Houston. Yeah. So that's something that he, even if he gets bought out, he would be have to bought out for additional years. So I think that's a reason why he's a, he's a buyout candidate, but he's not a buyout candidate. So it's it's hard to figure out what Houston will do, how much they want to choke. Oh, on here it is. Toronto is trading Chris Boucher and Malachi Flynn to Houston for Eric Gordon and Daniel Tice. Well, there you go. Absolutely. There goes your Daniel Tice deal as far as for the Lakers are concerned. So great move by the Raptors. Yep. Bruchet was somebody who played well last year. This year has been okay, but last year he showed a lot of promise as someone who could be out uh, as a small ball center who could block shots and still hit threes. So that's it. You know, for young players, still kind of young player who has developed and grown, that can still grow with Houston. So we'll see what happens there. Yes. If the so Chris Haynes news was false, sorry. <laughs> no, that was a, that was another that false was trade. False. Oh, oh, okay. Then I guess that's not a trade as far as Chris Boucher right. is concerned. So I'm sticking with Wojnowski and Shams. They seem to have it straight. So, so we'll see what happens there. I'm sticking with Wojnowski. Uh, nothing reported right now in the past few minutes from either of them. So we'll see what's happening. Again, it's the Lakers fast break. I uh, want to mention that that trade that, that Laker Tom just announced has not gone through. It's just well, I'm not even sure now if it is true or not. <laughs> yes. Well, Eric Gordon, if it's it, – hopefully it's uh, it's something that we can go ahead and talk about here. Uh, but I've not seen it yet by Sham Sharanya or Adrian Wojnowski. And I know that's right now the, the places to go to get it, you know, to get it you know, truly valid. As far the as second the straight year, the Lakers have no trades at the deadline. Uh, we'll with see LeBron again. James, two with two minutes James left on the roster. Two minutes left. Two minutes left uh, in the NBA trade deadline. I know we got a lot of people watching. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I truly appreciate it. So, whew, just a fascinating day indeed to see what has happened and what hasn't happened with the NBA trade deadline. But there is two minutes left. Two minutes left in the NBA trade deadline. Checking uh, Sham Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, updating it constantly. Obviously, everybody knows about the big trade between Ben Simmons and James Harden. Just a big, huge trade there. It's something that finally culminated with James Harden going to Philadelphia and Ben Simmons, along with other assets going to Brooklyn. So we'll see what happens oh, there with both the those Lakers, guys. The Lakers made a mistake. They thought they thought it was 3 p.m. Pacific. Oh uh, yeah. Well, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? But. Uh, I know you're just kidding out there with one minute left, one minute left. We'll see what happens again. It's the Lakers fast break NBA trade deadline. We're coming right down to it. We will still stay on the air because there are trades that get announced right after the trade deadline. Could one of them be the Lakers? We'll wait and see. Uh, I mean, the last last official trade that has gone through was Christoph Persingas going to the Washington Wizards and a second round draft pick for Spencer Dinwiddie and also Davis Bertans going to Dallas. So that's something that's so now Houston. Be- Houston is trading Daniel Tice to the Celtics. Okay. Well, per Woj. Okay. Per Woj. Seeing what's going on there as far as per Woj, if that's the case. And Houston is trading, like you said, Daniel Tice to the Celtics. Funny how he's going back to the Celtics after he was traded from the Celtics. Now, does this keep them under the cap? 
that's the thing. That's the question. I mean, Boston was pretty set on trying to stay under the cap. What are they trading him for is the question. <laughs> exactly. So it has to be something that will probably keep them under the cap. So we'll wait and see what that is. But Daniel Tice is heading back to the Celtics. Uh, so we'll see. That unfortunately counts out him going to the Lakers. And it is 12 o'clock. This 12 o'clock here, the NBA trade deadline is officially. Schroeder ended. is going to the Rockets. Schroeder is going to the Rockets, okay? So Schroeder is going to the Rockets for Daniel Tice, along with probably some other assets, but we'll see what officially gets announced on there. So we'll see what happens there. But, yes, it is right now Daniel Tice going to from the Houston Rockets back to the Boston Celtics. That's the official word right now. And Dennis Schroeder is going to the Houston Rockets in a package. So it is a package being set up, so – I guess they're finalizing everything on there. So it is Dennis Schroeder going to the Houston Rockets. Boston Celtics are getting Daniel Tice. I don't think the Boston Celtics are going above the cap. I think that by the end of this, they're going to be below the cap because they were so close to it. As we talked about earlier in the show, they were two, uh, about $2 million over the cap. And all they had to do is make a couple maneuvers to stay under the cap. So I have a feeling that they're going to do everything that they can to get under the cap by the end of the season so they could go ahead and not have to pay the taxes, the luxury taxes that are afforded to those teams that are above the tax. And I think they were the closest to being near the cut line on the tax line. So we are now officially ended as far as the trade deadline is concerned. If there are trades being worked out and finalized and being sent over to the NBA, they will get reported on here in the next few minutes. So we will go ahead and see. Who Bill was able to says, sneak don't in? expect any late entries from the Lakers. Well, okay. And I will get able to get anything done before the trade deadline. And I will get you, uh, uh, make sure to give you the time to go ahead and, and <laughs> say your piece <laughs> on that. As you've hinted on over the course of the past two hours. So we'll see what happens there as we head into two hours here on the Lakers fast break. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you've, listen to us or watch us throughout the entire coverage. I want to thank you so much for doing so. We've tried to go ahead and keep it entertaining as we can. If you have any things uh, so that you want to go ahead and shout out to us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, at LakersFastBreak, at LakerTom on Twitter, at LakersFastBreak on Twitter, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Also as well, LakerHolics.com. You can be part of the great conversation today and check out Laker Tom's latest articles right there for you at LakerHolics.com. Plus also as well, Jamie Sweets, Five Things articles. You got to go ahead and check them out as well. They're very good. Thank you so much again for joining us. Bobby Newman, appreciate the like. Thank you so much. Nelson Reyes Corral Jr., appreciate so much the like as well. And the care that J.R. Brown gave us as well. Thank you so much. Truly appreciate all the emojis that have been sent our way and everybody that's watching and listening. As we're still reporting on what's going on, a new notice has come up. So what has happened? What is happening? What is happening? Nothing yet so far. Have we got it? something new from Adrian Wojnarowski? Houston gets Enos Freedom, which is Enos Cantor for everybody out there. He did change his name. And Bruno Fernando in the deal that goes to Houston. So it sounds like it's something, a package for Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice going to Celtics for Dennis Schroeder, Enos Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. And probably what's going to keep the Celtics most likely under the cap. They'll probably just sneak in. It's uh, last minute true deal by Boston Celtics to try and get under that cap because that's going to save them a lot on the tax. Also as well, they could be eligible getting up to $15 million for each team that's under the tax. 
through the revenue sharing that's out there. So that's could be something that's also also very much in play for all these NBA teams. But that's the latest deal that we heard is Dennis Schroeder going to the Rockets along with Enos Freedom and Bruno Fernando for Daniel Tice. So we'll see what happens with all these players. Of maybe I'm, I'm assuming one or more of these players are going to get bought out by the Houston Rockets with Daniel Tice. What kind of role is he going to play once again with the Celtics? He's very familiar, I'm sure, with what's gone on with the Celtics as far as from his time and tenure there. He is coming back to Boston in this deal. So we'll see what happens if there's any more deals. We're standing by. It is the Lakers fast break. Anything that's coming out, word that you're seeing right there, Laker Tom? Nope. I, All I, is quiet I on the amazing that We didn't even try to make deals, you know, for – for players on the fringes to improve. We added no size. It's just, you know, it's again, the Lakers cheapness in, and putting everything now on the buyout market, except that unlike last year, where teams thought we had a chance to win everything, there's no nobody who's going to be jumping on the bandwagon of the Lakers in order to get a free ring at this point in time, not with the way this team is playing and the way this roster is built. So um, this was an extremely disappointing effort by Rob Palenka. Um, there should have been deals made. Um, obviously, they have the first round draft pick that they really decided that they were just going to hang on to so that they can go into summer with two first round draft picks, hoping that that in some kind of unexplained miracle will somehow allow them to get a third star and get rid of Westbrook. Um, kiss off the rest of LeBron James's career as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm so angry with the Lakers. I'm so angry with Jeannie Buss and her whole attitude. Um, it's a shame that they won't sell a franchise and never will, but the Lakers have totally bombed out in the last two seasons, and uh, it's, it's going to be hard to show up every night for the next 28 games to Gerald. <laughs> you know, Adrian I mean, Roshnowski has made it official. No deal for the Lakers. Source tells ESPN they'll focus on the buyout market, <clears throat> which, again, like you said, with a team that is going nowhere uh, with a 26 and 30 record, good luck on trying to get the, the premium buyout players because this is something that the Lakers, like you said, in the past were able to get. Now it looks like it's going to be very much a disappointing end of the season for the Los Angeles Lakers if this continues. And hopefully, hopefully the only thing that can follow that would be really positive would be a new general manager and a new head coach this summer. Well, I know a lot of people on, especially on our uh, YouTube channel have been cr- clamoring for a new coach and I think they're going to get it. I think Frank Vogel's tenure, unfortunately will be done. And there's just a shame because he did guide the team to their 2020 championship. It's going to be so bad the next 27 games or whatever it is that we've got left. Oh, yes. It will not be required viewing, unfortunately, for Lakers fans out there that might be able to go ahead and and uh, do other things, unfortunately, which is terrible because Lakers fans are usually very supportive of the Lakers team. But I think the Lakers Twitter is going to be up in arms over the next few hours and days. <clears throat> I want to thank so much, the, Bree Marco. Welcome back. Thank you so much for watching, Bree. Always great to have you here with the big heart. Thank you so much for going ahead and watching. It's the Lakers Fast Break, our entire coverage of the NBA trade deadline. If you got a chance to listen to it, we truly want to thank you. If you've been listening to us or out, 
and you've just known right now that the Lakers have not traded for anything, I'm very sorry to tell you you've been listening for two hours and not gotten anything back. Bree Marco says hello to us. We wish you a hello back. Thank you so much for watching. As always, Bree, great to have you here. Unfortunately, the Lakers did not do anything to help out their team, uh, which has been very disappointing. Uh, you know, even whether or not it's the first round pick or whether or not it's the, nobody inter- interested in THT or Kendrick Nunn, everything this season in many ways has gone wrong for the Lakers. And this trade deadline is no different. It's really setting this offseason up as as one of the biggest offseasons in the Lakers history and one that could see could seriously see some major changes. Um, the only problem is, is that you look at the history of the Lakers and you can expect what kind of changes would be made. Um, as far as running the team, Palenka, who's going to, who's going to replace Palenka? They're not going to go outside and hire somebody. They need to probably, it'll be probably, I, they, I know they need to, but they aren't going to because it's never what they do. Instead, what's most likely happen is, is that, uh, one of the bus boys will move up to or Rambus. Oh dear God, help us all if Rambus gets that job. No, not Rambus. I think it'll be Joey or you know, it'll be one of the bus children. Will be that's moving that's up also a mistake as well. But I think it's up. a mistake, of course. Uh, but they've got Kurt to rely upon to you know former yeah. general manager to rely upon to help him. And then there'll be the course. coaching situation. The coaching situation. Uh, the Lakers are notorious for being cheaping out on coaches and not, you know, and then obviously not giving the coaches the full power to do anything. So it's going to be hard to find. They're not going to find a coach that's going to want to come into that situation. And especially if they're going to be inheriting a team that might be LeBron's last year as a Laker. Um, so it, the Lakers, you know, I think it's really short-sighted the decision that they made last year, I think the decisions they made this year are short-sighted. And when you go down and you look at the, at the way that the front office and the players at the front office have brought in and which have been, who's been successful and who's not been successful. Um, they've had, they've had some big hits with Mello and, and, and with Monk, uh, although Monk remains to be seen, whether that's just going to be a one hit wonder, one hit wonder since we won't be able to keep him. But how do they straighten out the rest of the season? How do they handle the Russell Westbrook situation now? You put Russ back on the lineup? You put Russ back out there on the floor? What happens if he gets injured? Then the then the expiring contract that you're counting on to be valuable is not going to be worth anything. You're going to have two draft picks. Two Laker draft picks post LeBron are going to 2007 and 2009. Is that going to be something that is going to allow them to flip Westbrook into a third star? Because they aren't going to accept any more, anything other than expiring contracts for anybody. They're not going to tie up any salary up to 2023. They're not going to pay any luxury taxes. So what, you know, who are you going to trade for? You think you're going to trade for, you think you're going to trade for, you know, Damian Lillard? That's what an idiot like, like Kurt Rambis would be thinking. It, it's just, it's just beyond me. 
You know, it, it's we have managed we've managed and been hoodwinked over the last two years as this dysfunctional circus of the front office and ownership group has really wasted two years of LeBron James and Anthony Davis's time. Surrounded them with rosters, not spent enough money on making sure that they had the best training groups and and the best facilities and so forth. And instead, we end up with injury, more injuries than any other team in the league, more days missed because of injury than any other team in the league. Um, and it's not just the old players. We can't even get young players like none onto the floor. So this is a disappointing situation. I I predicted that if the Dakers don't make a trade and get rid of Westbrook, that it's going to destroy the season. It will risk Malik Monk wanting to leave, and it'll risk LeBron James deciding this is not going to be where he's going to retire. Well, and I mean, Westbrook is here. here. We're stuck with Westbrook right now for the rest of the season. Whether so you what, like do you, what do you do with him? Bench him. Kevin come off the bench maybe, or maybe do what you need to do as far as, like you said, addition by subtraction. Who's going to start maybe. at point guard? Right now it could be LeBron James for all I care. Not you the know? only one we got. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're hoping for a buyout. You're hoping for something like that. I mean, that's there's a lot. Of, there's not many options left for the Lakers, especially after the lack of activity today from Rob Palenka. I mean, I'm just very disappointed I mean, as know, well. You know what this is? This is, this is Palenka thinking that I'm not going to give up THT because he's going to be worth something. And we're going to play his – we're going to put him in the starting lineup for the rest of the year. You watch and see. He's going to get major minutes and will be a major bust. But they'll do everything they can to rehabilitate him, and he will screw up every lineup because he can't shoot worth a damn. You and I both are were kind of high on THT coming into the season, and it's just not produced. He's just not developed. He's just not improved to where he needed to, to get. And it's a matter of him being able to develop that outside shot, and unfortunately it's just not been the case. And he and Russ are going to screw up all of the lineups going forward. And that's that's a shame for all of us Lakers fans. We're getting a lot of people coming in and out right now. It's funny because we're getting one of our highest turnouts right now. <laughs> and we're closing out the show. Everybody wants to know what went on oh, with the Lakers. Jesus, Gerald, this is so discouraging. Well, the Lakers, again, didn't do very much this. In fact, they did nothing this NBA trade deadline. I do want to make sure everybody knows out there, we truly appreciate them watching and listening at all at any part of our coverage of the NBA trade deadline. Some major trades did go down. Again, of course, what we saw with the – your thoughts once more time on the you know trade that was, the major trade that was, that did actually happen. Ben Simmons for James Harden. I mean, that's obviously the big deal. It's obviously the one that's going to get the most notoriety. Your thoughts on this trade, on who won and who – Maybe got the better of the trade for this uh, for this for, for this particular Brooklyn Philadelphia transaction. Um, I think Philly won. I think Philly won the trade. I think that uh, they got rid of Simmons, which they needed to do. They just couldn't let that drag on through the whole rest of the year. Um, and they hung on to they hung on to two young guards that that the Nets wanted badly. Um, they had to give up. They had to give up Seth, and 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 that's no small important part of it. Um, but uh, I think both teams now, you know, new, the the Nets are still in the Kyrie thing. They got to figure out what the heck to do with Kyrie. Um, and 
you know, they, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know I mean? It, it sure creates a, it sure creates a rivalry between those two teams because they're going to be battling for the, for that, that spot in the playoffs. And they're going to have to go through each other in order to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those funny situations where you've improved, you improved yourself dramatically, but you also improved your number one competing team dramatically. So there will be scorecards every year for the next three or four years, basically looking at how those players that they got in this deal do and, and what happens and what they turn into and how those two teams win or prosper, you know? So uh, I definitely, you know, definitely for the Sixers to get something for Ben Simmons for the rest of the season uh, is going to be a big factor, you know, there. And, and yeah, I like the, I like the trade for both teams. It was a fair trade. It was a fair trade. I still think Philadelphia, I get they, they hung on to those two yeah. young guards. That's important. That, that's to me is the most important thing is yeah. that they were able to trade and get James Harden without sacrificing Tyrese Maxey and Matisse. But, you know, I, 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 I like the trade. I like the trade for Brooklyn too, because I've always been a big fan of Ben Simmons. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying bring. otherwise. I think he's going to play very well. He's have a lot of pressure off of him. He'll have two guys that want to score the basketball. He doesn't have to score the basketball. All he has to do is play defense, rebound, run the fast break and pass the ball to those two guys. That's all you need to do for him to do. Right. And that's something that he his, I'm sure he's great with I'm sure that he likes the fact he's going on his way to Brooklyn. So that'll work out well for him. I also want to mention that Steve Vaz, Stephen Vasquez, thank you so much for your great comments there in the chat room. Uh, you know, I understand your frustrations. You Again, like I told you in the <laughs> chat, you should have seen Tom's reaction last year when the Lakers didn't trade Lowry for THT. He was, you think he's mad now? He was Gerald mad. had a lot of editing to do at the end of that one. <laughs> yes, I did. I And I don't want to do that this time around. I only got to do one one small edit on your curse word earlier today, and I'm good with that. But yes, well, I gave you a, I gave you a repeatable clause to plug in there, so you can just delete it. Little yeah, well, that don't worry. I'll I'll get that taken care of. No worries. But yes, once again, it's the Lakers fast break <clears throat> NBA trade coverage. Truly appreciate everyone out there that watched and stuck through us through the NBA trade deadline. Once again, the Lakers unfortunately did not provide us with anything to talk about, other than the fact that they didn't do anything. So, well, but, but there's a there's a big question now, which is how do the Lakers go forward? Because that all of a sudden becomes the big question. Um. So let's say that let's say that the Lakers didn't do anything. They're sitting there now. They've got the same roster, so they've got to pull together. LeBron James and Anthony Davis have got to pull that team together and Frank Vogel and his coaching staff have got to figure out how do we handle the Russell Westbrook situation now? Um, and so can we, can we make lemon aid out of these lemons that we've got in the situation? Because I still think there's two really important factors here. We didn't get the help we needed to finish this season. But how do we then create a winning environment so that Malik Monk wants to stay and LeBron James is not going to abandon ship? And a lot of that is going to be on LeBron James's shoulders and Anthony Davis's shoulders and Russell Westbrook's shoulders to a certain extent because the three of them having dinner is what put us in this entire situation. 
had they not had that dinner, this would be an entirely different trade situation situation that we were in. Yeah. So the those are big questions. What's LeBron going to say? How's LeBron's attitude toward not doing anything? If we also assume that Rob was in constant communication with AD and LeBron about all of the moves and which was and they, reported, and they supposedly agreed that that okay, if that's what happens, and that's obviously the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is LeBron coming out and saying we should have done this or we should have done that. So let's hope that that we don't have that happen. So if everybody just at least closes ranks and says, okay, we couldn't find the right deal. And we feel that we could still do this. Can they? They have to at least make the effort. Yeah. Because if we don't see that effort led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the leaders of this team, if we don't see that effort and that coming together and somehow including Russell in it to a certain extent, we're almost back to the point where we have to say that let's hope that 18 games wasn't enough time. And then, and then maybe in the next 28 games, we can figure out something that works to get the most out of Russ that we can possibly get while yeah. keeping him motivated and so forth. But we have to do that because we can't let the, if we let the season go down the drain, then everything is at risk. LeBron James in a relationship with clutch, which is AD, all of that becomes at risk. So this is, you know, I have to hope and pray that LeBron and AD agreed with the decisions that Palenka made not to pull any of these deals. Well, and I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure that's going to be the case, but I'm hoping that that's yeah. the case, but it's going to be a hard hoe for the, I think before this, even thinking about having something positive will happen tonight. The Lakers were probably like sixth or seventh in the list of teams that were favored to win a championship. They're probably like the ninth or 10th right now after doing nothing. And so it's going to be tough. Be Maybe tough. we should change the time of the post-game broadcast so that other people can be there. So it's not just you and me every single night. <laughs> because well, Elrod was going to be a lot of ed- edited, the editing that you may have to do, Gerald. Yes. As I go through game after game of this, could be difficult because the one thing it does when I'm when I'm committed, but it could to be fun to watch if you're a viewer. Yeah. Well, the one thing that you know, it's listen. When the 49ers, when the, when the Yankees started bombing out, it's easy with 162 games on TV to say, you know what, I'm not going to watch that game. And when the 49ers obviously continued to put all of their faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I said, geez, I'll watch the game, but that's it. Now the Lakers are putting me in the same situation where I'm sitting there saying, what the heck is wrong with our front office? What the heck is wrong with our ownership that we can't, do things in a methodical, intelligent manner and come away with something because there were routes to improve this team. There were players out there that we targeted that had been targeted and I thought could help the team that did not move at all. So it's, you know, it's disappointing in that sense. And and now we don't have any idea. I mean, what's going to happen in the game on Saturday night? I can see one scenario where a Saturday night we get bombed out horribly by Golden State. And everything falls apart. And and they'll do it in front of a national do it in front of a national Saturday night audience. Uh, you know, or alternatively, hey, you know, 
the Lakers pull it together. They have a players only meeting, the old standby players only meeting. And they all get together and they all vow that this is it, that we're going to turn everything around. And they go out there and we beat the, we beat the, we beat the Warriors by 30. And, uh, Utah uh, did that last we night. Start a, we start a 10-game winning streak. Now, we'll reality is probably somewhere in between those two extremes. And that it probably is. But, but, but how far it is from the edges of those extremes will determine how the Lakers do this summer. And we'll see what definitely happens as the season goes on. Will the Lakers go ahead and be able to improve in the buyout market? We'll have to definitely wait and see. But for those out there who are unfamiliar with us, we're again, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. We have had in the past few minutes, tens and tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of people watching and tuning in. So we cannot thank you enough. It's getting into the hundreds, possibly even getting into the thousands of viewers overall on this entire stream. So we cannot thank you enough for watching and listening this is a Lakers fast break. If wish we'd had better news for you. Yeah, wish we Lakers did have fan. better news for everyone out there. But hope that you enjoyed our coverage of the NBA trade deadline as we wrap things up right now. Laker Tom has a lot of great articles at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation. There's always something going on at Lakerholics.com. Want to give a big shout out to Joe Sorrell, who comes on the show every now and then. I know he's busy working and obviously trying to get feel better as well. He's a little bit under the weather the past couple of weeks. Hopefully he feels better. Maybe not so after the trade deadline, but <laughs> I'm sure next time he'll be on the show, he'll have something to say. Give him a shout out and the guys and gals at LakersBall.com. Also as well, I want to make sure Hoopheads Podcast Network, if you get a chance, there's some great NBA podcasts that are there. I'm sure they're all picking on and laughing at the Lakers right now, but there's still some great NBA podcasts that are out there at HoopheadsPod.com. But if you're unfamiliar with us, we are the Lakers Fast Break. We do run shows after every game. We also have extra shows as well. One we, that we talk about the Lakers and the NBA, also the NBA draft. My shows with Rafael Barlow on the NBA draft. And congratulations to Rafael Barlow on his new position working with Chad Ford as his as his director of scouting for the NBA Big Board. Got a promotion, got a nice new job there. He's overseas working hard. There's no one knowing that I'm more happy about him getting a job moving up in the world because if you understood how hard Rafael Barlow works when it comes to working on the NBA draft and all the pro- prospects that are out there, international and domestic, you would understand and appreciate what this man does. So please go ahead and give him support at NBA Big Board through Chad Ford. Also as well, what he does for NBADraftJunkies.com. Of course, for us, if you can give us any love at all, Tell a friend, we are one of Feedspot's top 25 Lakers podcasts. We're actually closing in on the top 10. So everybody out there that's given us support, we truly appreciate it. Gotten a lot of new listeners over the course of the past few weeks. So we cannot thank you enough for doing it. Want to give a big shout out before we head on out to Armando Suave Negra, Randy Luchavez, Bobby Newman, Nelson Reyes Corral Jr. for giving us the thumbs up. Bree Mark, of course, for the heart, and also J.R. Brown for the for the care. Thank you so much for going ahead and giving us those emojis. It is greatly appreciated for us. Again, you can catch all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, our YouTube channel, if you've seen us on delay. And, of course, for all the Lakers latest Lakers news and our latest videos right here at Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. Or should we call it Meta? You know what? I don't like Meta. I'm just going to go mm-hmm. ahead and stick with Facebook for now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that meta thing is not working for me, but 
Again, it's the Lakers fast break. Unfortunately, no transactions this time around. Again, that's two years in a row, Laker Tom. If strike we one, all... strike two, strike But two. you know what? I still want to do this again next year because we get a lot of response back, and that's the reason why is because we're doing it for you out there. We're doing this because we love you, and we have nothing but great, great appreciation for everybody that takes the time to go ahead and watching what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Laker Tom, this is Gerald Glassford. It's been a great almost two and a half hours, but we're going to go ahead and shut it down for now because – there's no new news on the horizon right now. I think everything has been cleared out. And I think Adrian and also Shams are trying to go ahead, maybe take a nap. I think it's probably what they're <laughs> in the future. So we'll go ahead and take a nap too, maybe. But we will see you on Saturday Thank God night. we can at- turn off Twitter, huh? Yeah, finally you can turn off. Well, actually, really? if you're a Lakers fan, you probably want to turn off Twitter right now because it's very rough from what I'm seeing out there. But you know what? We will be definitely back or on join Saturday. in. Yes. Well, we could be back on Friday. Sean Grice and, and Jamie Sweet are talking about doing the show. We'll see about that as far as the aftermath and fallout because I'm sure they have some rants on the way. But if they can't do it for any reason, we will definitely be back after the Golden State Warriors game on Saturday night. It is a 5 o'clock game, I believe, Pacific time, 8 o'clock Eastern. So go ahead and check that out, the Lakers and Golden State Warriors. And after that game, we'll be here. And we want to thank everyone once again for being a part of this NBA trade deadline special right here from your friends at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.